0: our minds. Lawrence!
1: From the Ancient One Studio, this is the Cubic Shenanigans Warhammer Podcast. Welcome to the Cube. <laughs> well, hello everyone and welcome to episode 122 of the cubic shenanigans warhammer podcast i am your host dan and i'm brendan and brendan it is time
0: for a harvest a bone harvest yes a bone harvest the bones are their money Yeah. It's the OCRC Bone Reapers Battle Tome review. For anyone who's followed me on Twitter, this is the third time you've heard me talk about this book, but now for the first time on the podcast that I'm actually on. Um, <laughs> if you'd like to catch my early review of the Seraphon Battle Tome, go check out Playing and Slaying. It's like a reverse Patreon, yeah. <laughs> where instead of giving us money for early content, they give us no money and just go somewhere else. Sure, sure, sure. Awesome, man. That's really it. I mean, we've got
1: plenty of stuff in the other sections as We've we always do. We've been doing a lot of things that aren't Warhammer related. Yeah, recently. a lot of personal stuff going on for both of us. So, pretty significant stuff and so that all affects what we're going to talk about, but still a pretty normal show this time. I think that's it, bud. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's move on to Whispers from the Warp. Hello.
0: My name is Inigo Montoya.
1: You killed my father. Prepare to die.
0: So, hobby for you, what's going on? I've been building some corn models. Hmm, nice. Yeah, I sold a bunch of magic cards and I got it in store credit at uh, Games Universe, so I turned that into plastic. Of course. (laughs) Okay. That's cool. Yeah, so just been building some of those. Not really had any time for painting, but did that. Okay.
1: My hobby has just been buying a couple of things. I actually bought... Very secret. Hilarial. Okay. When and if I ever build and paint her, but she's there on the stack. I think you should. Yeah, I think you're right. And then I'm going to give Spite Revs a try. Okay. I think. My experience at Rubicon told me that I might need... A different kind of hammer or an additional hammer to Durthu and so I'm trying to think about how I'm going to use them so I've got a few boxes of them because you can you know upgrade them twice to 15 you know.
0: yeah and they and punch like you know crazy good yeah we saw that you know with our Adepticon teams Mike Butcher was running Drycha and, and some mm-hmm. Spite Revs that were Galatian veterans and yeah, yeah when you've got <laughs> 60 attacks coming down range <laughs> on you know threes and twos
1: and 10 to 12 mortals every time that goes because of their mortals
0: on sixes, yeah. right? Yeah. So, we'll see. And, it, and had... one, and <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. Like, if you get all the gears turning, they're really tough enough to crack. Two wounds apiece, like, yep. you strike and fade with that unit, they're Oof, Tall order.
1: Crazy stuff. So yeah, we'll see what we're going to do with that. But that's been my hobby. So I think focus-wise, is events are coming up, I'm going to try to get those 15 spite revs done. So reporting on that over time and seeing where we go with those. I think it's going to be pretty easy because I kind of have a template from the way I painted my tree revs. Mm-hmm. So I can use that same kind of template to, to, to knock them out pretty quickly. Um, yeah, so that's been my hobby, as it were. Pre-orders. So we have a few things. There's a whole potload of Space Marine made-to-order stuff that's come out. All kinds of, you know, famous and infamous characters. The heresy pre-order for Contemptors is shockingly sold out. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Kill Team Ashes of Faith. Also sold out. Yeah, and that looks really interesting because of so many, the Inquisitorial mix and all the other stuff in there. cool models, yeah. It looks very cool. I, I... I think it'd be fun to just build the models so that's really what we got for pre-orders drops we got the Seraphon Omri box mm-hmm. that's come out and you have one of those in your possession my friend i do yes Wonder, good for you Wonder raffle Woo-hoo! and then we have underworld's weird hollow is out and then there's a bunch of titanicus stuff if you're into uh, that game in particular so those are all things that are happening in terms of Putting things on the table. Games played other than Sigmar. So two things for me. First, I have been hammering mechs whenever I get a chance in Mech Warrior Five Mercenaries. Loving that game. Although I had this like, super shock event happen. So I'm in the part of the map, you know, the kind of the the galaxy, whatever it is, where most of the difficulty for the missions I go on is ranges from maybe 15 to 25 somewhere in there. Out of... Out of... Well, you don't know. That's the point. It just... They get more difficult and you get paid more. You get more C-bills if you complete them. That's what it was everywhere I was going. 15 to 25 in range. And I wasn't losing mechs. I was taking damage, obviously. But I've got a pretty good mix of one heavy and three medium mechs. It's worked out really well. I've been able to upgrade their weapons and do some other things. Anyway, so I decided, you know, I need to move to this other part of the map where House Steiner is. So I slowly took jobs as I'm moving across the map. I landed a place and I'm like, okay, there's two really good missions here. So I pull up the missions. The difficulty was like 85. Oh no. And I'm going Brendan, holy crap. So it was brutal. I lost one mech completely i put a pilot in the hospital for like three months i almost lost two more i didn't quite but it cost me like two million a piece to repair these things and it was just like okay back off now i'm leaving
0: <laughs> so i went back back to the other side of the yeah. map we're, we're in the, oh the 15 to 25 is our sweet spot
1: <laughs> this is it was just insane i didn't believe that number at first and i won which was incredible but it was nuts Anyway, been enjoying that. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was recently Cindy and I you know, took a vacation. We went to Savannah, mm-hmm. which was lovely. It was really, really neat. But I had this amazing surprise that I never knew about Savannah. I have talked about playing a B-17 Flying Fortress leader as a game and really enjoying that game. Okay. They have in Savannah, right out by the airport, the 8th Air Force Museum. Okay. I did not know that the 8th Air Force that was in, you know, Western Europe in mid-1942 actually originated in Savannah, Georgia. That is where they flew over. It was either 2,000 or 4,000 aircraft originated their journey to England. From Savannah. That's where they started out. The B-17s would fly into there and then head over. This museum was so cool because the game that I played, I'd been... Using certain squadrons and certain groups, and I knew the names of them. Oh, I'm seeing these banners like the 96th. I use them, I use the 305th. You know, and there was just this instant connection. The museum was exceptional in terms of history. It was kind of cool how, you know, you're thinking, oh, it's all, you know, about the 8th Air Force, but they started the exhibit by talking about pre war Germany, and they had all these Nazi like propaganda films up on the screen and so you were getting this feel of what Germany was and what the war was and kind of a feel for how the men who volunteered to be b-17 crew and pilots and stuff how they must have felt like it was more this this drive to fight this evil because you could see all the things they were seeing at the time so it was kind of neat they actually had rebuilt a b-17 was in the museum. You couldn't go in it but you could see in it. Sure. And we both learned quite a bit. So that was a really neat surprise down there. It was fun. So that's me for non-Sigmar stuff. How about you?
0: I've been playing a lot of Advanced Wars 1 and 2. I finished the 100%ed the main campaigns for both of them. Oh wow. So I've unlocked all of my COs. I've almost unlocked all of the maps. This is my favorite thing about older video games is like you can play against the computer and like it's designed for that gameplay. Like Mm -hmm. I don't have to go into Online, like matchmaking. Yeah. That's really neat. Um, I've just been chipping away through that, you know, trying to get all the unlocks of all the collectibles and music and <laughs> things course. like that. And you, and you get those by, you know, beating the missions in, in, successful ways. And one of the things that's really cool about this is, is in doing so I've realized that like, I never finished the game as a mm-hmm. teenager. I can't remember what mission I would have been hung up on or, or whatever, but yeah, I didn't have access to this character and that mm-hmm. character and you can only get them by doing this very particular thing. Wow. So that was pretty cool. Neat. I decided to up the difficulty. Difficulty another notch mm. in formula one and I guess whatever setting I changed was meaningful because oh, now God. it's much harder <laughs> So I'm not at the place where like I'm ready to like take damage and extend the races to, like have to do pit stops and those Kinds okay, of things sure. but, like now finally like you are actually like I'm in Seventh and I'm having a hard time. Oh. with the guy in sixth and I'm trying to defend from the guy in eighth and I'm like, okay <sighs> this is really you actually fun. have to think about it for, yeah I, for a change like, yeah. yeah this is so i don't remember what setting i changed specifically but i was like okay like now we're in business great but you're enjoying it and the yeah. change oh god yeah there's like a level of frustration that i'm good with and like mm-hmm. this is like okay i'm being challenged i have to learn how to do this better to do more okay very cool yeah that was uh that's
1: great man great stuff all right sigmar games why Done nothing. Yeah, none
0: for you. You've done some prep for... I've had some practice games, yeah. For your KC Open team event. Yep. For the Kansas City teams, Nick Rafferty and I have been, you know, practicing under the cover of darkness and, <laughs> sure. you know, using just empty bases, you know, so that no one knows, you know, what we're doing. Yeah, it's not what we're doing at all. <laughs> a lot in. of proxies, though. Yeah, a lot of I'm proxies, sure, yeah. yeah. You know, just trying to get the right things figured out, List locked on Friday. You know, we were actually recording on a Sunday for once. Yes. So we had our list locks. We're locked in. Got to get the reps in. Got to know what we're ready to do. I'm excited. I love Team Warhammer. You know, we're two weekends away from that. Yeah, and two Sundays we'll be in the finishing up round five of six. Yeah. Hopefully, the next time everyone hears from me that's I'm in a good mood. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sure you will yeah, be. Yeah, hopefully high. it goes better than Rubicon for me. Well, you're playing an army. You want to play. You're playing an army. you. I'm that sure whatever it is, you know how you're going to... You mm. enjoy whatever it is you're playing. So, yeah, I'm sure this, the result will be very different. Yeah,
0: feel good about our pilots. Feel good about our lists. I'm just saying that if I had to put money on it... Oh, boy.
1: I would put... Money on a five and one, five and one okay. for Brendan. Easily, I would put money right. on that. Yep. And if I lose money, I'm coming after you, man. I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you've gotten the taste of gambling on Warhammer events, so. <laughs> right? Yeah, cool. events. We have your Casey open in two weeks, yep. it's coming up real quick. Meltdown that, in a month, yeah, third two, week in July. Yeah, yeah, it's coming months. up quick, though. And then we have Siege World, Dragonfall. Yeah, um, there's some Vault Wars sadness for me just because it's right. Wedged between Dragonfall and RockCon, yeah, and you know, with some other things we're probably going to be doing in the fall, Cindy and I, that it just is not going to work timing-wise. Unfortunately, I sure. really wanted to go. This was kind of my long-distance thing. I talked about that for a while, but I just am not going to be able to. Yeah, work I can't it. swing
0: that one. No, so that's fine. You know, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I got my ticket for it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go or not, but I'd rather have the ticket and find out that I'm not going to be able to swing it than, you know, get to like the week before and be like, oh, I could have gone. Yeah, I get you. So that's events. And if that's events, that's
1: whispers. Yeah. (laughs) Which means we're moving on to The Emperor Lies and OCRC Bone Rapers. Man, what are we, a team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, We're a time bomb.
0: So, Dan. Yeah. The Osiark Bone Rapers Battle Tome. Yeah. What are your opening thoughts here?
1: My opening thoughts. You've played against them now.
0: I have twice, twice, twice in the same tournament, and I've done two podcasts on them. Yes, so the same level of experience. <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> this may be obvious to most people, but my first comment is: this is unquestionably an upgrade <laughs> for
0: this battle tome. Yeah, from where they were two months ago, right, right? when they came out originally. Yes, I mean, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Granted, they came out at the end of 2019, and then mm-hmm. COVID happened. But when they originally came out. They had no natural predators. No, none. And Petrifex was incredibly stupid. Yep. They and, made corrections. And if the game had continued to exist, Caradon Overlords and Zeech were the ones that came out next. Those would have corrected the above-sized win rate for Bone Reapers. Sure. But then 3.0 happened, mm-hmm. and basically mm-hmm. everyone got you know the special currency that Bone Reapers had, which yeah. was you know they had Relentless Discipline points, but it's really just Command points, but in right. in volume. So it took away their special. It it Uh, took away what made them special. You didn't have access to the regular command abilities. You always felt a little bit like you were playing with handcuffs on. Mm -hmm. So that reaches into my second comment about
1: my first thought is once again, I think the rules writers have really done a great job of giving this army an individual set of special rules. Mm-hmm. I think it's really, really awesome. It's, you know, it's lore true. It makes sense. It's cohesive. Uh, and that's a great word. So I really love that. The other thing I really like is changes to the individual heroes in this book. I really like that. Okay. Significant I didn't even look at the Nagash one until you just told me, because I'm thinking, oh, it's just Nagash. I looked at everybody else. Like, I looked at Catacross, I looked at all the other stuff. It's like, well, and then all of a sudden you're telling me, and I'm looking going,
0: oh, my God. Yeah, so listeners in the pre-show, you know, Dan and I were going over, you know, the order of things and all that. And Dan goes, yeah, and there's Nagash, and we can skip right over him. He's the same. And I went, whoa. (laughs) No, we cannot. Because I didn't look at the War Scroll at all. Yeah, this isn't a Kragnos situation. This isn't, you know, the fifth destruction battle time we reviewed where we go, Kragnos is the same. He gives you 3d6 charge. No, no. He does a bunch of damage. You need to listen to our review of the Nagash (laughs) (laughs) War Scroll (laughs) for sure. If not for the Bone Reaper book, but for the Soul Blight book. where the War Scroll is the same Mm -hmm. and it has meaningful impact across also Flesh Eater Courts and Nighthawk, but we'll we'll Mm -hmm. talk about the scroll when we get there. Real and meaningful changes for these two books in particular. Yep. Those are my thoughts initially. How about you? You've nailed them, right? The nature of the book is true to form, right? What you're talking about with 3.0 where the lore comes through it. It feels like a Bone Raper army Mm -hmm. should feel. I love that. You end up with a zillion command points if you built your army (laughs) right. Right. You're super resilient. You do good damage. You have... All these decisions that you get to make, you know, if you make in the right decision in the right way, you know, you're gonna be successful. Like, Bone Rapers is my favorite army in the game. Uh, I love yeah. their aesthetic. Absolutely. I love, you know, kind of the way that they work in the lore. I, Catacross is my favorite character in the game. <laughs> yeah. The Catacross I painted, you know, I mean, I bought 6,000 points of Bone Rapers <laughs> right. when they came out. <laughs> sure, um, sure, sure, sure. You know, I have a hundred more tech guard, right? It's, it's one of these things where, you know, all this came out and I went, perfect. Like, mm-hmm. I think I have everything I need. Maybe I could use uh, some more more discard, but we'll talk about that list when we get there. This is, again, a book that we're going to go through, and I don't think you're going to really hear me say that there's any War Scrolls I don't like. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. It's simplified, it's easier for a lot of people to use. All in all, I think it's a book that you can be pretty
1: happy with. Alright, so let's dive in then to battle traits. Of course we have Legions, that is the sub-factions yep. here. We have Ranks Unbroken, which is the same as it's been, where they don't take Battleshock tests as an army, which is amazing. We have Deathless Warriors. That's pretty much a universal
0: death faction thing now where it's six six up ward. Six up ward save, right? You don't have to manage your bubbles anymore. For free. (laughs) For free. The fact that we don't have to do bubble management anymore in any of these death books is so good. Oh, it is. Oh, it's so great. Speeds everything up. And then I'm going to let
1: you talk about the commands and the relentless discipline, but the Natterite weapons, once again, so good. Army wide now. And it's nuts. Basically, if a unit in this army makes a six roll for a melee attack it's exploding sixes that's it it's just across the board as you said
0: mounts excluded yeah Yeah. right mount attacks excluded but boy what? It's what? Really good. What?
1: Really good craziness. Yeah.
0: So the meat of the army, relentless discipline. As we talked about at the top, you don't have this other separate meta currency. You just have a zillion command points. The way mm-hmm. that it works is, yeah. you still generate. You know, you're one at the start of the hero phase if your generals alive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get one for going first, two for going second. In addition to that, at the start of the battle round, you collect. A number of command points equal to the number of OCR Bone Reaper units you have on the battlefield. It's crazy. If you have at least three, you get one extra command points.
1: That puts you at three so far.
0: If you're going first. If you're going first, right? If you have at least five, you get another two. Now these are all cumulative. Yep. So now we're up to five. And then if you have at least seven uh, units on the battlefield, you get another three. You start if you're going first with eight command points, assuming you've built your army appropriately. Appropriately, right? But still,
1: the potential for that many command points, yeah, it's oh
0: my. And as we talk about the heroes, there are a lot of command points that you get for free. You ask yourself, what are you going to do with all these command points? Mm-hmm. Well, they have something that are called OCR commands. I
1: just want to clarify one thing, Brendan. So it says, when you receive your starting command points, mm-hmm. so that would be at the start of... Every battle round. Every battle round. Every okay. Battle round. So this additional command point piece
0: rolls through the game. It's not just at the beginning of the game. Yeah, at the start of every battle round, you do this check. Okay, perfect. Just and to that's, clarify that. You, know, you do that check once you know who's going first and second in the turn. Yeah. So crazy okay so you're gonna ask what are you gonna do with all these command points well you have ocr commands so ocr commands are defined as commands that are on your war scroll or that are in the table that we're gonna go through those can be used as many times as you would like you know assuming you have the points for it hmm you are still restricted by issuance and receiving so you can't receive you know eight Commands. Right. You can still only issue one. And you have access to the regular command abilities, but those you can only do once, just restricted like every other army. But OCR commands you can do as many times as you are eligible to do them.
1: Which eligibility is essentially the number of heroes you have to issue those commands.
0: Or S- squad leaders can issue them units that are elite mm. or have the Hecatos keyword effectively can yep. do that. Okay. I'll just start going through these commands. Yeah. The first one is Reform Ranks. This is something you use in your movement phase. If you do that, you can retreat and still charge later in the turn. <laughs> and you can give this to multiple units. Yep, you can, Literally. Your, you can give it to your whole army if you've got the points. <laughs> That's insane. Unstoppable Advance. In your movement phase, when you make a normal move, add three inches of the move characteristics until the end of that phase. Sure. That means that you can't run and add three inches to it, though. Right. Arena Constructs is at the end of your movement phase. <laughs> You get to pick an OCRC Bone Rapers unit that's more than 3 inches from all enemy units, and you can heal up to D3 wounds allocated to that unit, or if no wounds, you can return a number of slain miles to that unit that have a combined wounds characteristic of D3 or less. Perfect. Counter-Strike you use at the end of the enemy charge I really phase. like this one. This and is one of my after two an enemy unit has finished a charge move, the unit that receives it must be within three inches of an enemy unit that made a charge move in the same turn and more than three inches from all other enemy units. You had one to wound rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by that unit in the following combat phase.
1: Perfect. Pretty good. Adding one to wounds always awesome.
0: Impenetrable ranks. This one is crazed. So <laughs> You can use this whenever you are picked as the target Nuts. of an attack. Not phase specific, right? This is yep. Night Haunt where you can only use it in the shooting and the combat phase. Right. This is whenever you are picked as the target of an attack. It can be an Unleash Hell, it can be a hero phase fight. You know, perhaps your opponent fights in the movement phase. Mm-hmm. You add one to your ward rolls for that unit for the purposes of the Deathless Warriors. There's some other things that get you improved ward save. This would not apply to that. This is specifically to Deathless, Deathless Warriors. But it
1: means you're giving that. Unit a five-up ward, correct. Whew. And I experienced this both times I played. It was just so
0: devastating. Yeah. Oh. Anything else that would modify Deathless Warriors that would also apply here, but if it's just a different ward save, like when we talk about more gas. Not applicable. Yeah, this is specifically the Deathless Warrior's ward save. Okay, got it. Bludgeon, you use this at the start of the combat phase. The unit that receives it <laughs> improves their Ren characteristics, their melee weapons by one. Poof. And the last one, Unflinching Coordination, which I don't think is very good. Yeah. In the combat phase, after a Bone Reaper's hero has fought for the first time in that phase, the unit that receives the command must be a Bone Reaper's unit that has not fought in the combat phase. Within three inches of an enemy unit, that's wholly within 12 inches of that friendly Bone Reaper's hero, that unit fights immediately. Uh, mm. and you can't use this to stack consecutive hero Like fights. an infinite kind yeah, of a well, thing. It, yeah, it wouldn't be infinite, but, but it, you know, if you're going first and you use this command on another hero who fights and gives the command to another... It'd be like chain lightning who, almost. ...who fights, who gives the command to a unit, you fought with four units, now your opponent gets to go. <laughs> Not good. Not quite. Pretty solid battle traits. You've got a lot of commands mm. to pick from. A lot of those are versatile. And then when we get over to talking about what the units can do, you know, you're going to be faced with some decision points. Next, we're going to talk about legions because the legions are really, really, really non-specific in terms of you know, like making units battle line or mm-hmm. really incentivizing a very particular thing. There's one of them in here that talked that really about do, one exception to that, but where it's hyper, hyper, hyper specific. But for the most part, you could field exactly the same army, just change the legion, and your army plays totally differently yep all right which one one do you want to start with I'm
1: gonna start with Mortis Praetorians I've got two favorites in here of the six so once per turn during the enemy charge phase after an enemy unit finishes a charge, you can pick one friendly Mortis Praetorians unit within 12 inches of that enemy unit and more than 3 inches from all enemy units. That unit can attempt a charge. It's like counter-charging. Yep. It's so good. Because in a lot of cases, you're going to be within range to do that and easily make the charge in a lot of cases, depending on how you have your army
0: set up. What I've found is it can be very difficult to set up sometimes. Oh, okay. So the mechanic is very interesting and very good. Sometimes getting the setup right on your side can be difficult to execute on. But the threat of it yeah. is sometimes enough for your opponent to go, no, I'm good. I don't want to mm-hmm. charge over there. Yeah. I don't want to be within seven inches of your unit of six Necropolis stock. <laughs> sure. No, no, thank you. Okay. I'll go Petrifex Elite. You subtract one from the damage inflicted to a minimum of one by each successful attack that targets a Petrofax Elite Hecatos. Those are your Necropolis Stalkers, your Immortus Guard, your Morgas,
1: or Mm -hmm. Petrofax
0: Elite Gothas are Harvester units, which are (laughs) Gothas are Harvesters, so the big stuff. Okay.
1: I'm going to do Null Myriad. Mm. I, I love this one. It's just so fun. You can roll a dice each time a friendly Null Myriad unit wholly within nine inches of any friendly Null Myriad mortisens. Or a friendly Arkan is affected by a spell cast by an enemy unit or the abilities of an endless spell summoned by an enemy unit. On a two-up, ignore the effects of that spell. Or the effects of that endless spell's abilities on that unit. I'm just thinking of like Seraphon or a techless build or something where they love to drop those spells where you can just do insane amounts amounts some mortal wounds or damage or whatever just go, it's just nah. like uh-uh don't care <laughs> next yeah <laughs> i love that of course it's situational based on your opponent but in a lot of cases especially if you're playing towards the top tables, you're gonna end up facing those kind of builds. So, I think it's very utilitarian that way.
0: Crematorians? You would love these guys. Yeah, each time a friendly Crematorians model is slain before removing that model from play, you can pick one enemy unit within three inches of it, roll a number of dice equal to the wounds character so that model, for each five up, that enemy unit suffers one mortal wound. This is a great change. Crematorians used to be just one dice roll per model that died. But if it was big, it changed it to a 3-up and it did D3 Mortal Wounds, which is terrible. Mm-hmm. This is really cool. You're going to pair it with, when we talk about the Harvester, the Harvester ability is very, very similar. The area has increased for it. It's a lot easier to pull off. Okay. Crematorians with Harvesters are going to be things that you absolutely see rolling around on tables. Okay, cool because nothing says fun like an army that's difficult to kill that kills you back and then also fights you in the combat phase. (laughs) Great stuff. Let's go talk about murder ponies.
1: We have Steliarch Lords. You can reroll charge rolls for friendly Steliarch Lords units that have a mount. Excellent. Good. Yeah, that's fine. If that's what you're playing, you're playing ponies and go...
0: All right, saves you a bunch of command points. It's yep. okay. Yep. Ivory Host, you add one to the number of hits scored by Natterite weapons battle trait by friendly Ivory Host <sighs> units. Yuck. If the unmodified hit roll was a six, so you're doing three hits, and any wounds or mortal wounds were allocated to that unit earlier in the turn. Okay. So you have to take some damage yourself, but then you turn sixes into three hits instead of one. Right, uh, and there is, is a designer's note, right? Yep. So there's a spell that gets you to trigger it on a 5 up. When you trigger it on a 5 up with Ivory Host, that's still only 2 hits, 6s or 3. Okay. So this is exactly the way that Bolt Boys work with relation to the Shaman Poison and being in the aura of the Snatch a Boss on uh, the Swamp Lizard. Right, the big for, guy. Yeah, for yep. those that remember a Battle Tome review two years ago, <laughs> relevance. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So over to the guys that make the army tick. Let's hit up the heroes. And we're going to start
1: with Nagash himself. And listeners, this is a, going to be a journey of discovery for both you and me. Because I have not really looked at other than one aspect of this war scroll. As Brendan, you know, in our pre-show conversation, he's like, oh yeah, this has changed a lot. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what we got. Nagash is... Move 10 down to 7, 18 wounds, 3 up Say bravery 10. He has three weapons profiles. He has Alakanash, which is 3 inch range, 4 attacks, 3x3s, three minus 3 d6 damage. And then he has a uh, zephic Neptar, which is his sword. His crazy sword. And that's range 2, 4 attacks, 3s and 3s, minus 2, 3 damage. And then the claws and daggers of the little buddies that are flying around. 1 inch. Six attacks, fours and fours, no rend, one damage. Nagash is, of course, a wizard. The number of spells he can attempt to cast is based on his, his ability, his table, it's tabled. Yeah. He can cast from eight down to four spells, so even if he's almost maxed out, he can still cast four spells, which is really crazy. If this unit is part of a Night Haunt, Flesh Eater's Court, Assia, Bone Reapers, or Soul Blight Grave Lord's Army, a death army, mm-hmm. it knows All of the spells from the spell lures in that faction's allegiance abilities.
0: Now, Dan, you've missed something here. Okay, yeah. Yes. This unit can attempt to unbind any number of spells in the enemy hero phase. That's so you are an eight cast (laughs) unlimited unbind (laughs) caster. That's
1: crazy. So cool. Yep. Take that, Techless. Just saying. Hey, he is a War Master, of course. He can be included in any Death Army. If it is, it's treated as a general, even if it's not the model. Pick to be the general. In addition, you can still use the Army's allegiance abilities, even though this unit is not from the Army's faction. However, this unit does not benefit from them, so you can yep. still get them. We That's not changed.
0: Yep, that's right. You don't get your six-up ward. Ooh,
1: horrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's not going to be a problem. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> he's got his... Companions, which are the little spirit guys flying around. Alakanash, Staff of Power, he adds three to casting, unbinding, and dispelling rolls. To your point, not only is he unlimited unbind, but he can add
0: three to the unbinding rolls. Yep. Wow, good luck. Doesn't table, it's just plus three for every roll that you make, all game. Nuts. Uh, now we
1: have Invocation of Nagash. At the start of the hero phase, for each friendly summonable
0: very important here. So, Soul Black Gravelord and Nighthaunt. Yes. Mordant or Bone Reapers Yep, units. so Flesh Eater Quartz and Bone Reapers. Reapers.
1: Holy within range of this unit, you can either heal, and this invocation has a range from 24 down to 9. You can either heal up to 3 wounds allocated to that unit, or if no wounds have been allocated, you can return a number of slain models that have a combined wound characteristic of 3 or less. And, again, 24 down to 9 inches. This one is the blowout best change ever and everybody who knows me knows that i have been screaming about this for years with this guy it's like nagash he is the freaking supreme lord of the undead and he has no ward safe until now until now and now he has a five-up ward beautiful Freaking beautiful. It's not
0: just a 5-up ward.
1: Yes, it is a 5-up ward for him and any friendly death units wholly within 12 inches of him. Wow. Him and all his friends. Pretty freaking cool, man. Fortunately... I'm just going to say, before I finish the War Scroll, I still have that Nagash model up on the top of my shelf. Fully painted and ready to rock, man. Yep. He is the Supreme Lord of the Undead. At the start of your hero phase, you can pick one friendly, summitable, mordant, or OBR unit that has a wound characteristic of three or less that has been destroyed and roll a dice. On a 3-up, a new replacement unit with half of the models. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so awesome. On a 3-up. A new replacement unit with half of the models from that unit that was destroyed is added to your army. Replacement units must be set up wholly within 12 inches of this unit, more than nine from enemies. Units set up this way cannot move in the following movement phase. Each destroyed unit, of course, can only be replaced once. Replacement units cannot themselves be replaced. Great. Added to what we have in other books where you can bring back units, now you can bring back another unit. Yep. It's just really, really good. The number of spells he can cast, the nine books of Nagash we talked about from eight down to four. Hand of Dust, here we go. Hand of Dust is a spell that has a casting value of eight. Nagash doesn't care, that's fine. Range of three inches is successfully cast. Pick one enemy model within range, visible to the caster, then take a dice, hide it in one hand. Your opponent must pick one of your hands. If they pick the hand holding the dice, no problem. If they pick the hand that's empty, goodbye. Goodbye. Model slain, yep. All right, and then Soul Stealer. This spell has a cast of 7, range 24. Successfully cast, pick one enemy unit within range, visible to the caster. Unit suffers D3 mortals. If the unfight of modified casting roll for this spell is 9 and this spell is not unbound, that unit suffers D6 instead of D3. So you can heal up to one wound that has been allocated to the caster, the gash, for each mortal wound caused by this spell that is not negated, so he can heal himself. Mm-hmm. In addition to having that five up Yep. Oh, Brendan's so good.
0: He's spendy. You know, you're talking- And we know it's half your army, essentially. Yeah. You're talking your casual 965 points. But whoa. I think he's exceptionally good in the Nighthaunt army, where you can field a lot of cheap bodies around him. Mm. You have reliable recursion for all your units. You've got an AoE 5-up ward. You have the ability to return units, which is one of the disadvantages of Nighthaunt over, say, something like Soulbite Gravelords or Flesh Eater Courts. Mm-hmm. Flesh Eater Courts can bring units from heroes that never existed before. So that's a pretty big deal. And then the Night Nighthaunt spell lore is... Dying to have a caster. Yes. that is this good. There's a minus one to wound spell There's a teleport spell like strike last spell
1: and it doesn't matter what the casting value is with that plus three He just doesn't care.
0: Yeah, you feel pretty all right about yeah, it. You know? for sure. Nice changes <laughs> very exciting about it for death players All right. This is your guy. Yeah, so you got catacross 4-inch move, 3-up save, bravery 10, 20 wounds. All of his attacks are 1-inch range, and the amount of them are modified based on how many wounds he's taken, or you use the bottom profile if you're within 3 inches of any enemy heroes. Mm-hmm. His big glaive is 1-attacks down to 4, 3s mm-hmm. by 3s, run 3, damage 3, which mm-hmm. you know also benefit from the weapons. weapons. His shield... His four attacks, threes and threes, ren two, damage two, and his retinue blades are ten attacks down to seven, threes by threes, ren one, damage one. So normally the companions wouldn't have access to natterite weapons, but they have an exception here, because normally mm. companions are treated as mounts. It's specifically enumerated here, the catacrosis companions overrule that. He's a general in a Praetorian's army, if he's not selected to be your general. He has the Banner Bearer, so once per turn, you can issue a command to a friendly Bone Reaper unit anywhere on the battlefield without a command point being spent. <laughs> so right, we're already talking about eight you know, command points. You pick up another two basically for free, anywhere for Catacross existing. Scroll Bearer at the start of your hero phase, you can pick one enemy unit on the battlefield to be minus one to hit rolls for attacks that target friendly Bone Reaper units. Aviark Spymaster, once per turn, can roll a dice when your opponent receives a command point. If you do so on a 5-up, that command point is lost. And Brendan, those things are all anywhere on the board. Yeah,
1: it's crazy. Yeah.
0: Wow. All right, we already talked about his fighting at that bottom profile of a hero's nearby. This is a really neat change that yeah. didn't have that before. So now you can feel okay about getting him into different combats, because <laughs> you know he'll beat him up. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. You sent your Maw Crusher in. Also, I'm oh. going to stab you. So there's a new healing mechanic in Bone Reapers. His is range 24 inches, and he can pick up to three different Bone Reaper units. Mm-hmm. If that unit is not an Immortus Guard or a Stalker's unit, you can either heal up to three wounds allocated to it, or if no wounds have been allocated, return a number of slain models with a combined wounds characteristic of three or less. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. If they are specifically Immortus Guard or Necropolis Stalker's... Oh, right this is Stalkers, so good. yep. You can either heal up to three wounds allocated to that unit. There are four wound or five wound models now. That's certainly something you may want to consider. Or if no wounds have been allocated to the unit, you can roll a dice and on a three up you can return one slain model to that unit. Phew <laughs> of a five wound model. Yeah, and there's something else in the book that can do the same thing, right? Arcan can do this. Yep. Bone shapers can do this. Yep. The difference is is the range and the number of units you can select are the thing that are variable here. But the fact that you've got multiple
1: ways to bring those big models back yeah. is really really nice. Now, can you
0: do that multiple times on the same unit, Brendan? If you have Different sources, right? If you have Catacross and Arcan and a bone shaper you can do this three times to the same unit To the same unit provided that you're in range. Okay, got it Because All of their rules are slightly different meaning that they're being affected by a different rule He has endless duty is a command ability in your hero phase the unit that receives it adds one to the attacks Characteristics of that units melee weapons until your next hero phase (laughs) Which is cool, but If you're Uh Catacross, you are going to be using his Supreme Lord of the Bone Reaper Legions. You use this command ability in your hero phase if this unit is more than 3 inches from all enemy units. This unit must receive the command. Until your next hero phase, add one to hit rolls for attacks made by friendly Bone Reaper units wholly within 24 inches of this unit, and add one to save rolls for attacks that target friendly Bone Reaper's units wholly within 24 inches of this unit. Awesome. That's crazed. Super good.
1: For so what he does, he's, he's not that he's many. He's only
0: 440. Though, right?
1: Oh, that's nothing yeah. compared to some other heroes, 440 yeah. point heroes. He's doing a lot more. Oh my gosh, yes. All right, Arkin, move. 16 down to 7. 14 wounds, 3 up save, 10 bravery. He has all kinds of stuffs. We'll start at the bottom with his buddies, the little ghosty guys. 1-inch range, 6 attacks, 4 by 4s no rend, 1 damage as expected. The Evan Claws on his mount, 1-inch range. The attacks go from 6 down to 3. 4 by three minus 2, 2 damage. Then he's got on, which is... Two inch range, one attack, fours by threes, minus one, two damage. And then Zephyr Car, which is one inch range, one attack, four by threes, minus one, two damage. All right, well, he is a wizard. He can attempt to cast three spells and unbind three, which is really cool. If he's part of a Bone Reaper's army, it knows all of the spells from the Bone Reaper's lore. It is a war master. It can fly, it has a mount, it has little buddies. It is the Feaster of Souls. Each time this unit fights, after all of its attacks have been resolved, you can heal up to a number of wounds allocated to this unit equal to the number of wounds and mortal wounds caused by those attacks that were allocated to enemy units. Great. To
0: a maximum of six. Yep. This, this is, is This a rule. is very common in the Soul Wipe book. That's what I was thinking, so yep, looking so through that book. So only heal two wounds. So Arcan picked up a couple extra wounds and picked up another point on his save, which mm-hmm. is great. and his healing became more consistent and at a higher value.
1: And I like the fact that you don't have to kill a unit, you don't have to destroy models. If you just do wounds or mortal wounds, Mm -hmm. you're getting that healing, which is really nice. Staff of spirits, add the staff of spirits value, which goes from plus two down to plus one to this unit's damage table when you to casting so dispelling and unbinding rolls so it's either a plus two or plus a plus one to casting dispelling unbinding great first of the mortarks add six to the range of spells cast by friendly death wizards while they are wholly within 18 great which includes him yep which is him mortark of sacrament in your hero phase you can pick up to three different bone reapers units wholly within 24 inches if that unit is not a guard or stalker's unit you can heal up the three wounds allocated to it or return the number of models equal to three or less say this is the
0: same rule it's a, as it's exactly the same as catacross yep the difference is is it's the Mortarch of sacrament versus the more of the necropolis which means that there are two different rules which means that both could be applied
1: okay to the same unit perfect and then we have curse of years of course the classic Classic spell is a spell that has casting value of six and range of eighteen. If successfully cast, pick one enemy unit within range visible to the caster. Roll ten dice for each six that unit suffers one mortal, and you can roll another dice. Then for each five up. On those extra dice, the unit suffers one mortal, etc., etc., etc. You can keep rolling in this way, causing mortal wounds and reducing the roll needed to cause them by one each time until either no mortal wounds are caused or the enemy unit is destroyed, rolls of one always fail. Listeners, you might want to go back to our recap of of the Rubicon event and my poor opponent who got one mortal wound out of 30 rolls. That's tough. An exception. That is absolutely spiking in the other direction. Very unlikely to happen, so.
0: I really do miss that, like, ones, like, it became an auto kill for the unit. <laughs> yeah. Because it's yeah. hard to do. Like, yeah. Mathematically, it's difficult to do. Yes. But, like, if you roll three or four sixes in that, like, of ten, you're thinking, mm. I can do it. Like, I've done it to, like, two units where one's killed. Okay. That was something where you and your opponent, you know, were sitting there on pins and needles going, Oh my god, <laughs> is it? <laughs> no. Oh, four up. Oh, oh, one gets through. Three up. I understand why they did it this way. I do miss. uh, And and it's been a long time since the rule worked that way. That's
1: one of those moments in Sigmar or any game like this where something like that happens very infrequently. But when it does, it's just one of those memorable
0: moments that you
1: can't ever, ever stop thinking about. So... Very cool.
0: Next up on our named character list here is the Arch Cavalos Xantos. Mm -hmm. 10-inch move, 3-up save, bravery 10, 7 wounds. This is Dark Lance, 2-inch range, 5 attacks, 3s by 3s, run 2, damage 2. And his Hooves, Teeth, and Barbed Tails, 1-inch range, 6 attacks, 3s by 3s, run 1, damage 1. Warmaster in a Mortis Praetorian's army. He has Will of the Legions, so this is the same ability that the... Liege Cavalos will have mm-hmm. once per turn. You can issue a command to a friendly Bone Reaper unit without a command point being spent. There's another way to access free command points. He has Unstoppable Charge, so this is the ability that the Liege Cavalos and the Death Riders have. This used to be a command ability. It mm. is no longer. It's great. Built into the war scroll Just now. built into the war scroll. So after this unit makes a charge move, you can pick one enemy unit within one inch of this unit. Roll a number of dice equal to the unmodified charge roll mm-hmm. for that charge move. For each five up, that enemy unit suffers one mortal wound. In addition, this unit can move an extra three inches when it mm-hmm. piles in if it made a charge move in the same turn. Excellent. Yeah, really good. The Dark Lance, add one of the damage characters of the unit's Dark Lance. If it made a charge move in the same turn, bumping it up to damage three. And then still their breath. I love this command ability, mostly because it doesn't work right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this unit must receive the command, and until your next hero phase, add one to wound rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by friendly Mortis Praetorian unit while they're wholly within 12 inches of this unit. Mm-hmm. So you use the command ability in the combat phase, mm-hmm. and you hold a plus one to wound aura, until your next hero phase. Wow. Which saves you command points later to do other things. Mm-hmm. That's silly. Wow. And now we get to the little guys, huh? One last named little guy. Yeah, this is... Bach Morschen. Yeah, talk about this guy. Bach Morschen. Finally he's the lawyer. It's probably worth his points. <laughs> okay. He is for 140 points. Yes a two caster who is five inch move four up save bravery ten six wounds. Mm-hmm. He has a shooting attack the gaze of death twelve inch range one attack Threes by twos rend one damage two. That's mm. exactly why you're taking him. Yeah, the staff of retribution <laughs> of Two inch range two attacks three uh... by threes rend one damage two again. Not bad for a wizard. No two cast two unbind knows the whole lore For 140 points. That's crazy. We are going to have a difficult time talking about the Bone Reaper lore, because all six of them are Are good. Good, yep. He has Contract and a Gash. At the start of the moot combat phase, you can pick one enemy unit within three inches of this unit and roll a dice. On a three-up, your opponent must spend a command point to pick this unit to be the target of that enemy unit's attacks in that phase. Interesting way to lock an opponent up. It's just a little weird. Grim warnings. Subtract two from bravery characteristics of enemy units while they're within 12 inches of this unit. And if the enemy general has been slain, subtract 3 from the Bravery character's students <laughs> instead of 2. Wow. It's neat. Yeah. He's got a spell, the Mortal Touch, casting value of a 7. You're never casting this, really. Range of 1 inch, which cannot be modified. Pick one enemy unit within range and visible the caster. On a 4-up, that model is slain. So it's basically a short-range hand of dust without all of your bonuses to cast. And you must measure it from the caster, and you cannot modify the range. You can't pair him with Arcan Mm -hmm. to make a 7-inch mortal touch, Okay, which is kind of a bummer. 140 points, I think there's actual use for him now. He was one of the single most useless characters in the game before, and now I could see people taking him absolutely for legitimate and completely normal reasons.
1: Yeah, I mean... Especially when you're talking about the lore itself, when we get there, the fact that he can cast two of those spells in that lore—it's
0: a really good
1: lore. Okay. So we have the Osifector. He's a new guy, right? Yep, he is the new guy. Yep, he's got a five-inch move, five wounds, four save, ten bravery. He has his ossified talents: one-inch range, three attacks, three by threes, minus one, two damage. He is a one by one wizard. He has refined creations. In your hero phase, you can pick one friendly harvester crawler or more unit wholly within 12 inches of this unit and pick one of the following augmentations to apply to that unit until your next hero phase the same unit cannot be picked to benefit from this ability more than once first is ossified barbs improve the ren characteristic of that Units melee weapons by one. Acceler- yeah, it's it's
0: all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: accelerated calcification. First wound or mortal wound caused to that unit. Each phase is negated. Okay. Depending, I mean, if you got you know a five or six wound model in there, that might be worthwhile. And it's gonna die if it's only got one left. Enhanced. Claw Span. If the unmodified hit roll for an attack made with a missile weapon by that unit is six, that attack scores two hits on the target instead of one. Make a wound roll and save roll for each unit. Uh, then Empowered Ossification. Casting value of five, range of 24. If it's successfully cast, pick up to three different friendly harvesters, crawlers, or more ghast units in any combination that are wholly within range to benefit from the refined creations ability instead of one unit. Wow. That's really good, Brendan. That's yeah, pretty good. You could end up improving the rend on like three more guest units by one. Yep. Oh <laughs> It's only got a casting value of five. That's pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, not bad.
1: Woof. Okay.
0: Next up is the Bone Shaper. Five-inch move, four-up save, bravery ten, five wounds. Ossified Talon, same as the Ossifactor. One cast, one unbind wizard. The Bone Shaper has the same healing mechanic as Arcan and Mm Catacross. The difference is is he has to pick a unit within six inches, not wholly within just Mm -hmm. one unit. But everything else works exactly the same. And then his spell is Shardstorm, casting value of a 5 and range of 18. Pick one enemy unit within range, and invisible. Roll a number of dice equal to the number of models in the unit. For each 5 up, that unit suffers one mortal wound. Okay. It's a good and useful hero. Okay.
1: And then we have Soulmason, mm-hmm. the guy on the little bone Board throne. 5-inch move, 6 wound, 4 up save 10 bravery, has the soul mason staff, two inch range, two attacks, three by threes, minus one, two, and then the claws are the same. He is a two by two wizard. He has a mount, the more throne, is his rule at the end of your hero phase.
0: Before we get too far, he's a two cast, one unbind wizard who knows the whole lore.
1: Oh, there you go. Yep. He's for like. For 164. Yep, yeah. Very nice. Uh, at the end of your hero phase, this is the Mortek throne again. Yep. Roll a dice for this unit on a one, nothing happens, two to five. You can immediately attempt to cast Soul Guide, which is his spell. All
0: right. Free caster.
1: Yep. Yep and even if the casting attempt has already been made for that spell wow you fail you get to try again that's mm-hmm. pretty nice or you
0: succeeded and you get to do it again
1: yeah and then on the 6 you can immediately attempt to cast it d3 times even if a casting attempt has already been made wow so soul guide is it worth it well here we go it's a Casting value of 6, range of 24. If it's cast, pick 1. More tick Guard or death rider's unit, wholly within range. Invisible of the caster, add 1 to wound rolls. Yeah, it's worth it. For <laughs> melee weapons by that unit until your next hero phase. Wow. And he can end up casting that on
0: multiple units. Yep. Wow. Yes. Very, very so good. So a 3-caster where 2 of those spells are coming from the lore, and you're hoping to roll a 2-up so you can cast Soul Guide. Ooh. Yeah, seems all right. Yeah, no kidding. Then you've got the Soul Reaper, who is the one war scroll in this book that I will tell you doesn't make any sense and is useless. Okay. The only reason you take him is if you don't have enough points for a Bone Shaper or an (laughs) Effect. Okay. And sorry, even that's not true. He's the same number of points as those. Okay. There's 120. So right now there's presently no reason to take him. (laughs) Okay. Five-inch move, four-up save, bravery ten, five wounds. He has a scythe, two-inch range, three attacks, threes by threes, rend two, damage two, so he gets a little more rend. One cast, one unbind wizard. When he fights, you can say you're going to unleash a reaping strike. You add two to the attacks characteristic, but that unit can only target models, or enemy units that have five or more models in that unit. Fine. And then Soul Blast. Casting value of a six, range of 12 inches. If successfully cast at the start of any one phase before your next hero phase, you can pick one enemy unit within range and visible the caster. That unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. And if it's within three inches of the caster, it suffers three mortal wounds instead of D3. It's basically Yawn. a better arcane bolt. But that is not why you take him, right? right. Like there's, right. He doesn't add anything. It's very frustrating. Yep. So, Dan, we've got the Liege Cavalos
1: yeah. up next. Nice. Yep. Murder pony leader.
0: Murder pony. Yep.
1: And he has 10-inch move, seven wounds, three up save, 10 bravery. He has the Commander's Blade, which is one-inch range, five attacks, three by threes, minus one, two damage. And then the pony, one-inch range, six attacks... Wow. Six attacks. All right. Three by threes, minus one, one damage. And the will of the legions once per turn, this unit can issue a command to a friendly Bone Reapers unit without a command point being spent. Sweet. All right. Now, that's a command. That would be any command, including the Bone Reapers commands, correct? Yeah. Okay. Coolio. Then Unstoppable Charge. We've talked about that, I think, already. After this mm-hmm. unit makes a charge move, pick one enemy unit within one inch of this unit, roll a number of dice equal to the unmodified... Charge roll on a five up, one mortal wound. In addition, it can move an extra three inches when it piles in. Endless duty. You can use this command ability in your hero phase. The unit that receives the command must be a friendly Bone Reapers unit until your next hero phase add one to the attack ca- characteristics of that unit's melee weapons. Mm-hmm. Very cool.
0: All right, and I think that's it, isn't it? That's for, it for heroes. heroes. The only other hero that's left in here is the Warband. We don't talk about those on the show. I will tell Not you, though, very often. he's pretty good. He's got a really good spell that when you pair it with Arcan, can basically turn off enemy units. Oh. Which is pretty neat. Oh, cool. Yeah. He's worth looking at. Okay. So let's go talk enhancements, Dan. Yeah. So do you have a couple that you like? Yeah, I have a couple that I like. Okay, good. So the first one I like is Diversionary Tactics. You subtract mm-hmm. three from charge rolls for enemy units that attempt to charge within 12 inches of this general. Mm-hmm. Just a big area if you put it on a leash Cavalos that yeah. you're minus three to charge. So if you're 3 inches away, you need to roll a 6. If you're 7 inches away, you need a 10. If you're 9 inches away, you need a 12. Yeah, Yeah, so your Hammer guys stormcast that drop within
1: 7. No, they drop within 10, actually. you are at 7, yeah, but you need to roll that 10. Yeah. (laughs) Good luck. What else do you think are you liking?
0: The other one is Dark Acolyte. I mean, I like a lot more than that, but Dark Acolyte, wizard only in your hero phase. The first spell this general attempts to cast, that phase is successful. That spell cannot be unbound. Perfect. So, you know, it doesn't matter that you're playing against, you know, Nagash. Mm -hmm. If you cast a spell that needs a five and you roll a five... No unbinding. It goes. Excellent. I like show superiority. While this
1: general's on the battlefield, roll a dice before your opponent spends any command points. To use a command ability on a five up, your opponent must spend two command points. Okay. It's kind of like the Lumineth deal with that they can do that, but it's on a 5-up, yep. so that's the issue, I guess, with that one. The other one I like is Aura Sterility. Not too bad. Subtract 1 from hit and wound rolls for attacks made with missile weapons that target friendly Bone Reapers units wholly within 12 inches of this general. But not everybody that you're going to play have missile weapons. Mm-hmm. Maybe not.
0: Okay. Artifacts. Yeah, so the first one is all Osiaric Bone Reaper heroes. Hmm. I like the load of saturation and mm. one to ward rolls for the bearer. Nice. That means that you can get that character down to a four-up ward with the um, command ability. Yep. This would apply as stacking for Okay. I like Mindblade. I think it's really cool. Pick one of the bear's melee
1: weapons at the end of the combat phase. If any wounds or mortal wounds caused by attacks made with that weapon were allocated to an enemy hero in that phase, and that hero is not slain, that hero cannot carry out heroic actions for the rest of the battle. That's pretty good. Obviously, you'd want to put that on somebody who's... I was thinking like a Liege Cavalier or someone like that. That's exactly who you'd give it to. Yeah, that would be really, really cool. Shutting, And you could do this to multiple heroes if you end up killing that when you go after another one and
0: shut that one down too. Yep, pretty cool. Use the command ability to retreat and charge. Yep. You just ping around from hero to hero and... All right, cool. Then the next one is Mortisans Only. Okay. So, Dan, what was your pick? I picked two.
1: The one I think that I like more is the Artisan's Key for the Bone Shaper. Before you use the bearer's Bone Shaper ability, roll a dice on a three-up, you can either pick two units within six inches of the bearer to be affected by the Bone Shaper ability instead of one, or you can pick one unit within six inches of the bearer to be affected by the Bone Shaper's ability twice. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all, depending on what What unit it is. Yeah, so I think that's really good.
0: Well, I I think it's good for any unit. You can get six more Tech Guard back. Mm -hmm. You can heal a pony and then get a pony back. Mm -hmm. You can heal Stalkers or try and get two Stalkers back. You can get two ponies back. That's pretty powerful. Right, it's effectively six wounds worth of return power or potentially ten, you know, if you roll two three-ups for bringing back Stalkers. Mm -hmm. That's good. The other one is the Gothazar Cartouche. Ah, that was my second trick. Os effector only, add one to wound rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by friendly Bone Raper units, wholly within nine inches of the bear. Probably looking at all this, you're like, why are there so many plus one to wound? Well, when we get to talking about the units, a lot of them wound on fours. Yep. So having plus one to wound
1: somewhere. Where you're going to have reliable three-up Wounds is... Is a pretty big deal. Yep. And now, Brendan, we talk about... Yeah, we got to make some choices here. One of the most amazing spell lores in the game, I think, you could argue. I, I think there's it's very competitive of some. It's up there. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So what was your first choice? Uh, I th- they are all good listeners, by the way. We're making choices of best of the best, almost, in this case.
0: Yeah, so I think uh, Drain Vitality is where I start. Casting mm-hmm. value of a 6 in range of 18. If successfully cast, pick one enemy unit within range, invisible. Until your next hero phase, subtract one from hit rolls and one from save rolls for attacks that target that unit. That's so good. Minus one to hit on a unit and then they're minus one to save. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I picked Empowered Naderite Weapons, which is one,
1: both my opponents, I mean, everybody seems to be using that. It's a good one. Yeah. Spell has a casting value of 5, range of 24. If successfully cast, pick one Bone Reaper's unit wholly within range, invisible with caster. Until the start of your next hero phase, the Naderite weapons battle trait triggers on an unmodified roll of 5 up instead of a 6 up. Wow. Exploding fives <laughs> kind of let's do them all because I think they're worthwhile talking about okay, Brendan, sure I think we should what do you got for another choice here? Uh, so
0: I'll go with soul release because this is the first time we've ever seen a rule that really works like this okay casting value of a five if successfully cast until your next hero phase enemy reserve units and enemy summoned units see4 <sighs> rule 3.1 yep cannot be set up within 12 inches of the caster the range of the spell must be measured from the caster even if an ability would allow you to measure it from somewhere else Yeah, one of my opponents had this. Yeah, I don't know that it's relevant for you, because you are, right, you were playing trees, you don't have summoning or reserve units, No, but there are a lot of units that depend on that completely, or in a meaningful way, and you can basically zone out a diameter of twenty five plus inches depending on
1: who's doing the casting. Or summon units or again we talked about the the hammer guys, the annihilators, mm-hmm. right? They'd have to be at twelve inches. Yeah. Pointless then.
0: Yeah, you can't charge. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hello. You
0: cannot declare a charge outside of twelve. Right, there you unless go. Unless you have something that, that has let... to be
1: set up outside of twelve inches, yeah. yeah protection of the gash i like it's a spell that has a casting value of six if it's cast at the end of any phase if any wounds or mortal wounds were allocated to the caster in that phase from an attack made with a melee weapon and the caster was not slain remove them from the battlefield and set them up again on the battlefield more than nine inches from all enemy units after setting up this caster this spell is unbound this reminds me of manfred where he can just like boop, he can pop away you got to take some wounds and man if you got a like one of your larger heroes, uh, yeah, Arcan or Magash.
0: whoever it is, and they need to get out of there. Man, boom, just go. The That's tough part is, helpful. is you can only target yourself, right? right? So you have to be right. a caster native. You can't be Arcan and give it to Catacros, or you then- can't give it to a Cavalos or some exactly elite a, a, a a Leech Cavalos you or something. Right,
1: gotta yeah. be a wizard. Yep, yeah. but still very useful.
0: And then it triggers at the end of phases, which means that if you charge it, you're going to be able to get all your attacks in. So there's some interesting trade-offs with it now that you didn't have before. Next up I'll take is Mortal Contract, casting value of a 7 in a range mm-hmm. of 18. Yep. Pick one enemy unit within range, and visible to caster. For the rest of the battle, roll a dice at the end of each phase in which any attacks made by that unit inflicted any damage on any friendly OCRC Bone Reapers units. Now it's imperative that it spells out specifically attacks. So impact hits don't do anything, but shooting and melee attacks would regardless of what phase they occur in. Okay. At the end of that phase, on a 3-up, that enemy unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. You cannot pick the same unit to be affected by the spell more than once per battle. Okay. So once you've been cursed, lawyers... <laughs> you can't get cursed by the same
1: lawyers again. Right, yes. <laughs> okay. And then we have Reinforced Constructs. It's a spell that has a casting value of 5 and a range of 18. If successfully cast, pick one Bone Reaper's unit, wholly within range, visible to the caster. Until your next tier of phase, that unit has a ward of 4-up against mortal wounds. Pretty. Three up
0: you. If you have the uh, load of saturation, yep, that's pretty good. Wow. There's kind of like a little tricky thing you can do there where oh, if wow. you take Catacross, you can be a Leech Cavalos on a 3-up save with plus one to save base on a 3-up ward mm. versus mortals or a 4-up ward versus regular things. Jeez. Um, you know, if you use the command ability.
1: 3-up, 4-up, 3-up
0: kind of. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you can make a pretty tanky Leash Cavalos, or sure. really any character. Right. But you we can put a pretty so. tanky character together. You know, If you happen to do that in a no Miriam list, mm-hmm. then you just have a two-up on top of it to ignore. Now, most mortal wounds come from spells, offensive spells. Ones that don't, but, obviously, you have that for. But, but yeah. you get
1: that from shooting a fair amount, yeah, depending on who the unit There's some
0: good shooting. There's some combat that does it. Hey, a three-up against mortals is pretty powerful pretty good Yep. pretty cool. neat little tricky thing but that's it for what the heroes can do for you yep so let's go talk units yep
1: let's talk units here's to five miserable months on the wagon and all the irreparable harm that it's caused me
0: are you about ready? I am ready Dan okay unit time more unit tech time. guard man. So these are your basic foot troops, Mortech Guard, 4-inch move, 4-up save for every 10. Did you move. just say basic? <laughs> yeah, basic. <laughs> yeah. They have to pick between their blade and their spear. The blades are 1-inch range, 2 attacks, 3s by 4s, run 1, damage 1. The spears are 2-inch range, 2 attacks, 4s by 4s, run 1, damage 1. It was great. Both have a built-in <sighs> rend profile. Before it was just the blades, and that's what you were taking. Yep. Now you also have a reason to take your Soul Cleaver Great Blades. One in ten can have a Great Blade, because Mm -hmm. now they also explode on sixes still. Mm -hmm. One inch range, two attacks, threes by fours, run one, damage two. Great. Solid. Champion is plus one to the attacks characteristic, specifically of the spear or the blade. So you can't give them a Great Blade and get plus one attack. They're very explicit about what this champion can get. The Standard Bearer adds one to run and charge rolls. Shield wall is their war scroll command. You can use this at the start of the combat phase and can only be issued if your unit champion is alive. This unit must receive the command. You ignore modifiers, positive and negative, to save rolls for attacks that target this unit in that phase. You
1: make them ethereal, essentially. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yes, yeah, so there's times where you want to use all defense, there's times where you want to use this. And it's having another tool in your pocket to make the right decisions in the right place at the right time.
1: Sure, and more discard. So these next two units are the big units.
0: Yeah, uh, boy, Immortus Guard (coughs) went from the single most useless unit in the war. Not anymore, Mm -hmm. not anymore. Competing with Vokmorshin for why on earth would you take this to now fundamentally is going to work as the archetype as a spam list. (laughs) So damn, tell us what these guys do.
1: Okay, five inch move, five wounds, five wounds, three up save, ten bravery. They have a dread halberd, which has a two inch range, three attacks, three by threes, minus two, two damage. Now, when you see that profile, You also have to think about all the things you can do to increase damage, increase Ren, increase Wounds or hits, or all those other things that you can do to buff these guys up. They can issue their own commands because they're elite. If there is a friendly Bone Reapers hero within three inches of this unit, before you allocate a Wound or Mortal Wound to that hero, or instead of making a Ward roll for a Wound or Mortal Rune that would be allocated to that hero, roll a dice on a two-up, that wound or mortal wound is allocated to this unit instead of the hero. Awesome, on a two up, wow, nice. And then we have crushing assault. You can use this unit's command ability once per battle after this unit has fought for the first time in the combat phase. The command can only be issued by a model in this unit and this unit must receive the command. This unit can fight for a second time in that phase. The strike last effect applies to this unit when it fights for the second time, but man, Brendan. Three attacks, three by threes, minus two, two damage, yep. and you can put what unit of six of these guys? Right, uh, you
0: can actually bring it up to a unit of nine if you want. they are battle line if your general's a Mortizen, <sighs> which is all of the smaller foot heroes. Oof. The uh, volume of damage, wow! Yeah. So Man. there's a list archetype going around right now that is Catacros and five units of a Mortis Guard. <laughs> right, he hands out plus one save. So they are natively a 3-up Ignoring Rend 1, or a 2-up against No Rend. Obviously, you're gonna have access to Mystic Shields and all-out defenses and things like that. And you put them in Petrifex Elite, so that they're reducing incoming damage. Very, very, very difficult units to remove. Because right, Catacros is going to you know, be picking 3 units to return models to. So that is a list structure that's going around now. Okay. We'll see how long that lasts. They're 200 points. We'll see how long they stay. For 3, okay. okay. Yes. Mm. Next up are their Blender Men friends, the Necropolis Stalkers. 6-inch move, 4-up save, 5 wounds, 10 bravery. You have the Dread Falchons, which are a 1-3 choice that you can make. Yep. And I think it's a choice worth making now. Three-inch range, three attacks, threes by threes, rend two, damage two. two. And the spirit blades, which are one-inch range, inch range, four attacks, threes by threes, rend two, damage one.
1: Three-inch range. Jeez. And,
0: yeah. So if you take a unit of six of them, now they can go up to a unit of nine. If the uh, mortis <laughs> in general, same as the mortis Guard. Uh, and they easily get all in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no problem. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. They're 220, so they're a little spendier. But at the start of the combat phase, you can pick one of the following aspects to apply to this unit until the end of that phase. You can pick plus one to hit, plus one to save, plus one to wound, or plus one to damage.
1: <laughs> damage three? Oh, that's nuts. And
0: exploding sixes. And exploding sixes. Ay, ay, ay. And this is a unit that I've wanted to experiment Ooh, around with. Woof. Um, playing an ivory host, and taking a burning head and getting them to sixes or threes. ah oh, uh, man. And just chucking them into stuff and seeing how much damage you can do. Yeah, but for sure. In any case, they do have a war scroll command ability. It's called Hunt and Kill. You use it in your hero phase. Until your next hero phase, you can run and still charge later in the turn, which is pretty mm, good. Yeah. And in addition, until your next hero phase, models unit can pass across terrain features in the same manner as models that can fly. Sure. Great. It's good.
1: All right, now we have murder ponies. Murder ponies. Oh, so much fun. Do
0: murder stuff. <laughs> Ten-inch move. Moves
1: <laughs> three wounds, <laughs> three four up, save, ten bravery. They have blades, spears, and then the ponies have hooves and teeth. is pretty much the same across. One inch range, two attacks, three by fours, no rend, one damage. And then the profile for the blade and spear. The blade is one inch range, three attacks, three by fours, minus one, one damage. And then the spear is two inch range, three attacks, but it's four by fours, minus one, one damage. The champion adds one to the tax characteristic. The standard bearer adds one to run and charge rolls, which for this unit would be pretty important. Unstoppable charge, we've seen that before. After this unit makes charge move pick one enemy unit within one inch and you can roll a number of dice equal to the unmodified charge roll on a five up one mortal wound and it can pile an extra three inches great death rider wedge you can use this command ability in the charge phase this command can only be issued by this unit's mortek hecatos the end of that phase this unit can pass across other models with a wounds characteristic of three or less in the same manner as a model that can fly.
0: So this is something that's really good to pair with the Staliarch Lord's sub-faction. So you're gonna automatically mm-hmm. be re-rolling charges, so you don't have to worry about spending that command point. Mm-hmm. You, instead, can spend your command point here to fly over your opponent's screen and do impact hits to the things behind it. <sighs> or, this is something that pairs well with Mortis Praetorians, where you can leave your Death Riders screened behind, you know, a unit of Mortec Guard, and you can use them to fly over your screen and charge into another unit. Mm. Because this doesn't say in the opponent's charge phase, no. it's just in THE charge phase. Sure. This is something you can do to threaten more units in more places by just having a sneaky unit of five Cavalos Death Riders that are just hanging out waiting to do their thing.
1: Yeah, this is great.
0: Yeah, so they are a great unit. Death Riders are 170, Mortec Guard are 150, so they're very similar comparisons in terms of what you're taking and what you're getting out of it. Mm-hmm. I think right now for the points, Death Riders are probably just a little bit better because you're only getting the 10 wounds for the Mortec Guard versus 15 that you're getting for the Death Riders. For another 20 points, you're getting you know almost the same number of attacks, right? So with your unit of five, right, you're going to be getting 16 attacks versus a unit of 10 Mortec Guard, which is it, roughly 21, right? Well, mm-hmm. depends on how you break it all down. Right. But you've got your impact hits. You have longer pylons. That's a unit that benefits from retreat and charge a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brighters are really good right now.
1: It's, in terms of function, I mean, obviously... They would be great for objective grabbing.
0: They're awesome. Yeah, yeah. that would
1: be really good for that. Wait till um. we get
0: to the endless spells. Okay. Then they you. become really good okay. at objective grabbing.
1: So now we have a catapult. Yeah. It's the same catapult as it was before. Well, not Sort of. Really. All right, so we have four-inch move, 12 wounds... Four up save, ten bravery. And we have three modes of fire here Which now. You
0: have to pick.
1: Yep, you... Yep. So each time this unit shoots, choose one of the three things. The Cauldron of Torment, the Necrotic Skulls, or the Cursed Steel. Alright. And then we'll talk about the profiles in a second. Then Deathly Barrage after this unit shoots, roll a die for each enemy unit that was targeted by this unit's attack. Add two to the roll if that unit was targeted by all of this unit's attacks in that phase. On a five up the strike last effect applies that's really good
0: don't have to hit no don't have to wound nothing you just have to target a unit wow obviously if you target all of it at the same unit it's a three up but one of these profiles will let you target potentially a lot of units and yeah. you could just be looking for five ups across the board
1: so the first one is the culture of torment these all have a minimum range of six this one has a max range of 18 2d6 attacks three by threes no rend two damage then we have necrotic skulls which is 24 inch range four attacks three by threes minus one two damage and then the cursed steel which is a 36 inch range attack one attack two by threes minus two d3 plus three damage and then the crawler tools if you get really close it's fine one inch range six attacks three by fours no rend one damage yeah absolutely so what do you think modes
0: the catapult comes in at 200 points Mm mm-hmm which is, I think, a pretty reasonable price for it. The damage isn't necessarily the most important part of the crawler. It's the handing out the strikes last. Yep. That's the the important bit. I think it's maybe just a little too expensive for what it's doing Mm. because the other firing modes you're only using if your Mm. opponent is outside of the maximum range of the Cauldron of Torment. Otherwise, I think you're just using the Cauldron of Torment.
1: Just for weight of dice. Yeah. Yeah makes sense yeah.
0: goth is our harvester all right six inch move forp save bravery 10 10 wounds one of two monsters in the book the other one mm-hmm. being Arcan. Mm-hmm. i guess Nagash is the third so three mm-hmm. monsters in the book death's head maw 16 inch range four attacks threes by threes run one damage one and they combined its combat profile so glaives and bludgeons do the same thing now okay so now you don't have to feel bad for picking the cool option <laughs> all right one inch range six attacks threes by threes run two damage two Right, with an factor, you can bump that up to Ren 3. Oh, and back to the Catapult. The other reason you potentially only do the Cauldron of Torment is because you take the factor and you make it sixes explode
1: on the, <laughs> on the hit rolls, and you, then you're really talking
0: with ice. Sure. Then he's got his hooves and tails, two-inch range, four attacks, threes by threes, Ren 1, damage two. Again, with the factor, bump that up to Ren 2. You've <laughs> got a real killing machine on your hands, you know, 10 attacks, That 6 of them are in three, four of them are in 2. Yeah, there's a lot of things that aren't going to be thrilled to see a harvester. No. And you say, oh, well, I'll just kill it. Not so fast. Yep. He has the rule Bone Harvest, which is effectively the same as before, but it's been made a lot easier to understand and has also increased the range here. So, roll a dice each time a slain model within 6 inches of this unit is removed from play. If the slain model is within range of more than one friendly unit with this ability, you pick which harvester is harvesting. Mm Mm-hmm can't double up. On a 4-up, you can pick one friendly Osiarch Bone Reapers units within 6 inches of this unit. So, enemy units and friendly units that die within 6 inches of Harvester, you roll a dice, on a 4-up you can pick one friendly unit for the next things to happen. If the slain model had a wounds characteristic of 4 or less you can heal one wound allocated to the unit you picked. If it had 5 or more you can heal up to 3 wounds picked allocated to that unit that you picked. Pretty good. Also, very cut and dry mm-hmm. as opposed to 1 through 3 is this, and 4 through 7 is this, and 7 plus is this, unless it was a monster, and then it's... No. Uh, it's straight. 4 or less, 1, 5 or more, 3. If no wounds have been allocated to the unit you picked, you can return a number of slain miles mausole- the. To it that have a combined wounds characteristic of equal to or less than the number of wounds you could have healed
1: so if you have a unit of 20 Mortec Guard garden mm-hmm. i kill 10 of them yep. and this guy's close to them you're going to get to roll 10 dice yep. and on four ups they come
0: back or you can use them to heal the harvester you can use them to heal a different unit mm-hmm. and then that other unit that's nearby when they fight and they kill enemy units that are in range you can take the enemy units that died and fill up the other unit because this is just
1: slain models
0: it can be enemy
1: or friendly enemy or, or friendly yep
0: Yep. Wow. As long as they're within six inches, you can, on a four up, replace models in other units that are on sixes or heal. Wow. Heal him, heal casters, heal units, heal horses. It's a really, really, really good unit, and the Harvester has the advantage of uh, also being relatively inexpensive for what you're coming away with mm-hmm. 210 points that's if your opponent can't get to it necessarily it's invaluable there is no point that your opponent wouldn't spend to make that army less painful okay right and you're going to pair harvesters specifically with crematorians less because when that those 10 more tech guard died you're rolling 10 dice for five ups to do mortal wounds to the unit that you killed, and then you bring them back, right? So, well, yep, Okay. Hold okay. on. All right. All right. So you're gonna do ten dice, right? And when you're talking about five ups, right, it's one third of them are gonna go three through. or four. Yeah. So we'll take the conservative end, three. You're gonna kill three guys. Let's say those three guys are in range. You're gonna roll thirteen dice to bring more tech guard back. Wow. <laughs> That's really cool. Ouch. Ouch, indeed. Man, so you killed ten of my guys. I killed three of yours, and I'm gonna get six and a half, seven back. I'm gonna half my guys back. Cool. You killed three. Yeah. I also killed three in your combat phase. <laughs> and now so I good. get to fight, and I'm uh, gonna kill some of those guys, and I'm gonna get to roll dice to bring the other three that I'm missing back.
1: So it's each time a slain model yes. is removed from play, yours or mine. Yeah. yours or mine. As yeah, long that's as that crazy. Six inches. Brenna, that's so good.
0: Yeah. And then uh, next up we've got the Morgas. Yeah. They are extraordinarily similar, so I'm going to talk about both of them at the same time. You should, yep. So you have the Archai and the Harbingers. They are both 10-inch move, 4-up save, bravery 10, 6 wounds. They both have the exact same combat profiles. They both have halberds and swords. Mm -hmm. Halberds are 2-inch range, 3 attacks, 3s by 3s, ren 2 damage 3. Ren 3 with an Asa factor. Spirit Swords, 1-inch range, 5 <laughs> attacks, 3s by 3s, Run 1 damage 2, Run 2 with an Asa factor. Both of them have Heralds of the Accursed One. Enemy units cannot receive commands while they are within 3 inches of any friendly unit's oh possibility. Man. It's not just the combat phase, it's not just the battle shock phase. Right? This isn't Night Haunt where it's just Inspiring Presence that you shut off. You shut off any command ability that you could receive while you're within 3 inches of this. I unit. experienced that and it was brutal. It's rough. Can't all-out attack, can't all-out defense. Can't get extra attacks. Can't you know shield wall. Mm-hmm. Can't whatever. Scary stuff. Both have grim opponents. So unmodified charge rolls of eight plus for these units. The strike first <laughs> effect applies this until the just end of the next. This makes it turn. worse. And then the next bit is where the rules change. The archai are the armored ones. Mm. They have Necromantic Custodians. This unit has a ward of a 5-up if it's wholly within 12 inches of any friendly OCR Bone Reapers heroes.
1: With them moving 10 inches, I would think you'd put a Cavalos or something if you're going to go heavy on these guys. No?
0: Yeah, or you Tunnel Master uh, right now. That
1: makes sense, yep.
0: Mm. Or Arcan. Then the Harbingers are the less armored ones. So they have on Wings of Malice. So you can, instead of setting this unit up on the (laughs) battlefield during deployment, place it to one side and put it in reserve. If you do so at the end of your movement phase, you can set them up nine inches from all enemy units.
1: That would be a disturbing thing to see, is your opponent put like two or four of these. That would be crazy. They have them on the
0: battlefield. Yep. Yep. Them losing the 3D six inch charge is big.
1: Do you think the Archizer. more worthwhile now?
0: I think so. Okay. Yeah. I think the choice is probably Archive. I think the choice is probably Halberds being able to get up to oh, three, yeah. damage three. There's a universe where it's not hard for them to get to twos and twos on four attacks. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, that's
1: that's brutal. That's that is. really
0: good. Now, granted, it's only two models per purchase points. They are elite, so you don't have to babysit them. But 140 two, points for two, 120 points for each of them is That's
1: 20 points a wound. That's very expensive. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah.
0: yeah. They're very interesting. I think they have play they really didn't in the last book so this is the nice thing about this particular battle tome right is with the exception of soul reapers your unit selection is wide open you can build all with all sorts of things you can make all sorts of choices we still have to talk about the endless spells oh which are arguably the thing that can really tip some of these lists over into silly land so dan what (laughs) endless spell do you want to start with
1: (laughs) They're all nuts. And again, I had that first-hand experience. My one opponent took like all of them and used all of them to effect, right? I think the first one is the Bone Ties Trigger. Like that one?
0: Before we read its rules. Yes. It's in at
1: 50 points. Oh, these things are insanely cheap for what they do.
0: He's 50 points, the other two are 40. That's nuts. Tell us what we get for 50 points.
1: Well, we get a really cool-looking model. (laughs) Other than that, it has a casting value of 5, a range of 12, set up. Within range, invisible to Casper, more than one inch from all models and other endless spells, only Bone Reapers wizards can attempt to summon this endless spell and Nagash predatory, so it can move eight. It's bonded. This is a rule that applies to all of them.
0: I don't believe Nagash can cast this. This is specifically... Nope.
1: It's not part of the lore, so he can't do that. That's all right. All these endless spells, by the way, Brendan, have a rule called bonded. This endless spell is bonded to the model that summoned it. A bonded endless spell is always controlled by the model to which it is bonded. A model cannot be bonded to more than one endless spell. At the same time, it cannot attempt to summon other endless spells while it is bonded. If the model that summoned the endless spell is removed from play then the end the spell is removed from play
0: you can basically never steal these endless yes right you know one of the things that you could do with other endless spells is kill the enemy wizards if you have an excessive number of wizards you can control those other endless spells and
1: and Zeech has an ability to steal spells right so they could steal endless spells but they can't steal these right it's really good portent of doom this is the thing that matters
0: this is the ability that on its own would be worth 50 points
1: (laughs) yes absolutely units cannot receive inspiring presence or rally commands while they're within 12 just within 12 inches of this endless spell no inspiring presence no rally 24 inch bubble essentially is what that is yeah that's crazy. And and <laughs> you subtract one from ward rolls for units within 12 inches of the spell. Either one of those is worth 50 points.
0: Yeah. Did he get both? Like get bonus. Both. both don't affect Bone Raper units. Though. Of course not. Which is important. Yep.
1: That's good. All right, Brendan, what do you got?
0: So I'll take the Solsteel Carrion. Oh, so, this yeah. is, so this is what makes Cavalos Death Riders incredible objective stealing units. Mm-hmm. So the Solsteel Carrion has a casting value of a six. And if successfully cast, place it anywhere on the battlefield that is visible to caster more than one <laughs> inches from all models. It's just crazy. Other endless spells and invocations. Predatory, this endless spell is a predatory spell and can be moved up to eight inches and fly. Right, is bonded. And then for 40 points, models with a wounds characteristic of one or two that are within six inches of this endless spell cannot contest objectives. This ability has no effect on OCR Reapers units.
1: So if you have 40 gits or zombies or whoever else they are in this thing... Is within six inches of that unit and you have five cavalos death riders or even one cavalos death rider yeah. on an
0: objective you get the objective yep. and having that high rate of movement being able to add plus three inches to your movements through the command ability or right you could just run you take that or you can retreat off of an objective move to another one charge onto another objective do a bunch of mortal wounds on impact hits mm-hmm. and kill that unit without worrying about how much damage you're going to take back because potentially as long as you have one you're good to go
1: mm-hmm. uh, wow yeah. for 40 points for 40
0: points And you can set it up on any objective right so the weakness of the bone Tie shrieker is it's got a casting value of a five yes which means that if you go to unbind it you're probably going to do it Oof. now with the soul carrying, it's a casting value of a six which means you got to roll a seven which means that you're looking at just above you know 50% odds of being able to do it are you going to burn one of your casting attempts trying to do that? Mm-hmm. One of your unbinding attempts trying to do that? Absolutely. While, you know, the Bone Reapers player is sitting there with some really good casting, you know, firepower? I don't know. It becomes a tougher question to answer. Last up we've got the Nightmare Predator. Yep. Also 40 points and arguably the quote-unquote worst endless spell of the yep. group.
1: So casting value of 5, range of 12. Setup is typical a wizard in a garrison cannot attempt to summon this endless spell and if the endless spell is summoned the wizard that summoned it cannot join the garrison until this endless spell has been removed from play thank goodness it's predatory eight inch moving can fly it's bonded a death incarnate after the endless spell has uh, moved roll a dice for each unit that has any models that passed across on a two-up that unit suffers d3 mortal wounds then the commanding player can pick one unit within. It. One inch of this endless spell and roll a an die. On a one, nothing happens. Two to do five, another d3 mortals. And on a six, d6 mortals. Doesn't affect Bone Reaper's units.
0: It's on a decent sized base. I want to say it's like a 50 or a 60. Mm-hmm. You know, eight inch move, you know, a setup of 12 and an eight inch move means you've got a 21 inch range at its absolute maximum. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if our can's around, then it's an 18 inch setup and then, right, but separate. Like, it's just a good mortal wound bucket. Like, yeah. you can just ping it around, you know, your enemy's front line, mm-hmm. which becomes their back line, and, and tag heroes and just do damage. And
1: Yeah. And when we say, you, know, you talked about it's the worst of the three,
0: it's still good. Yeah. It's just not as good as the other two, which are great. <laughs> so... And even thinking about the damage for this, like, there are other armies that would kill mm. for a meaningful and reliable way to do that many D3 mortal wounds to units. Mm-hmm. 40
1: points you know you could take all of these for 130 points yep
0: you need three wizards you right
1: but once they're on the board and to your point somebody's gonna have to spend a lot of their casting to get rid of these things so yeah awesome why don't you talk about the terrain terrain piece yeah yeah
0: the bone Tide nexus for setup it's a little bit different that's why we'll talk about it after you pick sides you can set this up wholly within your territory, moving three inches from objectives and terrain features. And this thing is huge, right? So Oh, no, it, it's, it's monstrous. Yeah. If you cannot set up this faction terrain feature, you can remove one terrain feature that is wholly or partially within your territory and attempt to set up this terrain feature again. If it's impossible to set up the faction terrain feature, then you can't use it. Then, obviously, the rest of it's the same. It's impassable. And in your hero phase, you have to pick which deadly gaze it's going to use. Yes. For all of these, if an enemy unit was slain within 12 inches, you add 1 to the dice roll for seeing if the ability triggers. You have the punishment of agony, enemy unit within 18 inches invisible. On a 4-up, subtract 1 for hit rolls for attacks made by that unit until your next hero phase. Punishment of death, same thing, 4-up, but it's D3 mortal wounds. Punishment of ignorance is an enemy wizard but the same range. Four up, subtract one from casting or chanting rolls for that unit until your next hero phase. Oh, sorry, wizard or priest. And then the last one is punishment of lethargy thing, but it's four up. The enemy unit cannot run until your next hero phase, and in addition, subtract three from charge rolls for that unit until your next hero phase. Okay. That's pretty good. I'd say less consequential than what it used to do before, but that's fine because what it used to do before was silly.
1: Okay, sure.
0: That's pretty good. Especially for a terrain feature. I think the minus three to charge rolls and cannot run is pretty nasty. Having enemy units die within twelve inches of it can be kind of a tall order, especially if your opponent has a monster, because you don't want to risk them turning it off on a three up. So you'll be set back a little bit, but it is impassable, so you can use it kind of as a blocking feature. Okay. For objectives and things like that, assuming that you can put it down in the right place, meaning that well you're going to have less models you can kind of pull off a battle of thermopylae situation oh, where, sure. where you can basically anchor off one of the sides and you know that you're not going to have to worry about attacks coming from that direction
1: okay yeah that it's makes sense
0: so let's talk grand Stress. strategies battle tactics and yeah. battalion
1: yeah Let's start with the Grand Strats. The Scales Balanced is the first one. The battle ends. You complete this Grand Strategy. If any friendly Mortec Guard or Death Riders units from your starting army have the same number of models as they had at the start of the battle. (laughs) Really?
0: feel pretty good about that
1: one. Yeah. Just have somebody sit there and go, yeah, okay, fine. Well, with
0: all of the healing that you have access to. And even so, if they lose a couple models, it's like, poof. You've got a Harvester. Now, this is something that can end... Outside of your control, depending on you know if your opponent has the bottom of the turn and they, uh, end, yeah, yeah. they could potentially pull off a model or two from any of these units, it's not mm. impossible. But yeah, with the healing that you have present, I'd feel pretty good about it. Okay. A textbook conquest, when the battle ends, you complete this grand strategy if you control all of the objectives on the battlefield. You don't have a ton of units to begin with, you're going to lose units over the course of the battle. If you win by that much, you probably already have the scale balanced yeah, completed.
1: Right. Creation termination when the battle ends, you complete this Grand Strat, if, if there are more friendly mortisons than enemy heroes on the battlefield.
0: I don't hate that one. No. And then the last one is the Pride of Osia. If you completed at least four battle tactics, and all the ones you completed are the battle tactics in the book, pretty lock, stock, and standard, you know, Grand Strategy. Yeah. Boy, that's tough. Yeah.
1: There's some of these that are...
0: Some of these are rough. Yeah. Battle Tactics... Trample the Defiant, you pick one friendly Cavalos Death Rider unit, more than three inches from all enemy units. Okay. You complete this tactic if that unit has made a charge move this turn and is within three inches of any enemy units at the end of this turn. Poof. not bad. No,
1: that's yeah, yeah pretty easy to... Because you know where your guys are, you know if they're going to be able to do that or not, and you pick it, boom, done. Yeah, as long as you don't... Over- Just plan play. for it. Yeah. yeah. Sculptor's Entourage, you complete this tactic at the end of the turn if... Friendly Immortis Guard unit, or a, and, and a friendly Mortison, are contesting the same objective, wholly outside of your territory. Ooh, that's tough. The, the that could be tough.
0: Four, right? The yeah, five. It's tough to do. If you're already there, great.
1: You don't have teleport. You can't move them around like that. Well, you
0: can't move the Immortus Guard like that. Right. The Mortizens you could.
1: But you've got to have both of
0: them. Exactly. That's the thing, yep. It's not impossible, but boy, is it tough. Remorseless Bombardment. Pick one enemy unit on the battlefield. You complete this tactic if that enemy unit is destroyed during this turn by attacks made by friendly Mortec Crawlers. I mean, you got to take Mortech Crawlers. you got to have enough of them.
1: Like, yeah, I would think you'd have to pick something off that's already weakened, or so that you're really increasing your odds if it's only got one or two wounds, yeah.
0: And you're telegraphing that this is the unit I'm going to kill <laughs> right, with my catapults. Right. They're going to, hopefully you don't pick a hero, because then they're going to best day ever them. But mm-hmm. they're probably going to all-out defense, so... But now to shut that off, now you gotta turn, uh, commit a unit of more gas. You know, now you're committing like six hundred plus points mm-hmm. to completing this getting battle a
1: tactic. battle tactic. Yeah. yeah, no.
0: Or you can take an eye for an eye.
1: <laughs> okay, sure. The tide demands pick one enemy hero or monster on the battlefield to complete this tactic. That unit is destroyed during this turn by an attack made by a friendly harvester. It's doable. For me, it's an issue of do I want to put my Harvester I guess, at risk? Yeah, that's because there's so much benefit from that unit that I don't know that it's worth that because right you would kind of have hero other choices. If you're the right kind of
0: monster, yeah, sure. Not a, not a big deal.
1: If there's a target of opportunity. Yeah. Otherwise, pick another tactic, you know, or. Pick one, like, one of the general ones. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: The edge of obliteration. (laughs) You complete this tactic if two or more friendly Necropolis stalker units are wholly within enemy territory and more than 90 is just from all enemy units at the end of the turn. I don't know why you would do this. Yeah. uh, Unless it's like the end of the game and you're just on mop-up duty. Sure. Because those are 220 points. They are a key element of your offensive output for the list. Mm. Why would you want to stay Why away? You want them nine inches away from enemy <laughs> units, right? Unless you sent them after a unit that's way off in the edge by itself, and as long as you kill it, you're good. It seems like a really weird choice.
1: Okay, unfeeling recursion. You complete this tactic if there are three or more friendly Bone Reapers units on the battlefield that had models returned to them in this turn using the Renit Construct command ability, and did not have any models slain in this turn. Yeah, it's doable. Yeah,
0: yeah. Then not having models slaying in this turn, that's the tough part, right? Because you're going to do your healing in the movement phase, and then that means that you're not going to basically charge in. Or if you do, you're going to know that you're not going to take anything on the swing back. Sure. That's unlikely. Yeah. But models return to them in this turn, so really the only units right that you're able to use this on in that case are Death Riders, which you have to roll a 5 or a 6 on your D3 or... More tech guard, right? But you're going to bring them back as long as they have models that are missing. So you can't mm-hmm. use the command to bring nothing back and you're good to go.
1: But it also depends on your army construction. Yeah. You know, because it's three or more that you have to do that to. And yeah.
0: Basically, of these six, Trample the Defiant, you feel pretty good about. Right? Oh, yeah. Because I would think so. I'd be hard-pressed to know a list that isn't going to bring Death Riders. Yeah. But then the other five are not great. No. So no. I think you can rule out the pride of Osia. I think
1: so. Absolutely. Uh,
0: and we do get a battalion. Yep. It's basically a bigger battle regiment. Okay. So you get one commander, mandatory, two mandatory troops, two optional sub commanders; three optional troops. You get two behemoths, which are you know, your harvesters, optional, and two optional artillery pieces. So you can fit your whole army in here pretty yep. reliably.
1: But there's a condition here.
0: Yes. At the end of deployment, each unit in this battalion must be set up within six inches of two or more units in the same battalion. You get a one drop out of it, which is nice, but you're going to get a narrative component here, which means that it's a legion marching to war. Mm -hmm. Or a cohort marching to war.
1: Right. It does restrict your deployment, sure. Yeah, Yeah.
0: and that's not too big of a deal, especially if you're maximizing the number of units that you take. Mm -hmm. Six inches is pretty large. It's not wholly within, it's just within. So you're going to be able to touch off on a lot of those different corners of those units and, and be able to do that without much issue. The toughest part that you're restricted to, right, is the one commander and two sub commanders. Thankfully, despite them using the image for it, Veach, Cavalos is our sub-commanders. You can basically take Catacros and two smaller heroes, or Arcan and two smaller heroes, or Nagash and two smaller heroes to do that, but you're limited to three heroes to be in a one-drop, or you're looking to probably be a second drop maybe somewhere in here, and if you do that, you might as well just take two battle regiments. Sure. If you can fit your whole army into this one using the expanded bit of it, cool, awesome, fantastic. That's what you use this for. Otherwise, I think you just go battle reg.
1: Sure. If that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, closing thoughts, Dan. What do you think after after reading through everything? Obviously, you got to play against two armies now. Probably Mm -hmm. didn't see every single war scroll in those. What do you think now after going through it?
1: First, tough, tough. Man, tough to get rid of units. Tough to deal with all the shutoffs that they can do. Mm Mm-hmm of command abilities and all those kind of things i mean it's like you don't want to be close because <laughs> of all the things they can do to you it's For all the things that you can't do to them Them, right yeah. yeah so just a tough army but that is what you want from this army That's what we've always wanted from this army i really like that i love the fact that this tome has given us the new nagash i think it's beautiful it's so great to kind of get a refresh on him i think also and we've consistently talk about this, and I'm sure we'll continue to, is that you can build this army a lot of different ways and still have success with it. And that's what we have always looked for and talked about here on this show, is that we want to have a tome where you have options. You can do murder ponies now, and murder ponies would be a very viable list, Mm -hmm. more so than they have been. And you could have, as you talked about, maybe having a fun list with a bunch of stalkers, or you could do a Morgas list, or you could do, you know, combined arms, of yeah. course. But there's so many
0: options, and they're great options. And and then that list that you took, you change your sub-faction? Totally different army. Right. And that's totally really cool, army. too. What are you thinking? It's competitive, you know, obviously, right? We try and find a, a way for all of this to work. The thing that's really nice about this is it's competitive in its current state, and the thing that I've found when I'm playing it is I always feel like I'm just like one unit short of what oh. I of like. <laughs> so in my mind, you're probably ten to fifteen percent overcosted in the book. So like, you can still be very good like with all the different rules that you get. And there are things that need to go up. Right? I'm not going to sit here and tell you the whole book is overcosted. Mm. Those endless spells are way too cheap. way too cheap sure yeah I agreed yeah yeah most players are going to end up taking one or both of the bone tie streaker and or the soul stealer carrion Mm -hmm. for 90 points yeah that's crazy yeah you should be paying that much for one of them Ah, uh, 70-80, I think is... I re- think 70 is probably the right number. Yeah, but a lot more than you are. Yeah, absolutely. The, I agree with that. 20-30 you know, point increase there, okay. It feels like a lot, but think about what you're getting for it. You know, you're turning off the ward of every death player that isn't a Bone Reaper opponent. Yeah. Whew. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Nurgle's going from a 5-up to a 6-up. They pay for that 5-up in every unit's point cost, hypothetically, right? Yeah. Taking that five up to a six up is huge. It's meaningful. There are units that feel a little too expensive. I think Mortec Guard at 150 are probably a little too spendy. Okay. You know, but I don't think it's far off. But I think what you have is competitive. I think Crematorians is good. I think Petrafex yeah. Elite is good. I would really like to make Mortis Praetorians work. Yeah. You don't gain a ton, right? You know, obviously the things that are keyword locked become Warmasters and some stuff like that, but. That extra charge ability is just so neat and so, I think, interesting and useful. Mm. I think that there's a Stalyarch Lords list that you can build. I want to tool around with Ivory Host a little bit and see how much damage I can do. Sure, kind of thing. sure, sure. Uh, and then myriad you nailed it. If the meta became so target-rich in the sense of, like, you have a lot of offensive-casting armies. Now, if they're defensive-casting, myriad doesn't do anything for you. Right. But if you have offensive-casting armies, suddenly myriad goes, I don't care about you. You're going to lose this game. And you're just going to start turning things off left and right. I mean, Corn has it on a 5-up, and we talked about how awesome that is now. Also, it helps them generate blood time. Right. But two up. A two up. Whew. Yeah. In addition to you, know, you being able to try and unbind it and dispel their spells and, and things like that, and suddenly you hold a
1: meaningful
0: magic superiority against anything that's going to do offensive casting damage did a really good job capturing what the book is supposed to feel like please 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 make the soul reaper do anything and even if the fix is that they bring him to 100 points right versus the other casters being at 120 Mm -hmm. it means that if you're 20 points short you take him right to just get the casting attempt There is value in being the cheapest option sometimes. Sure. You're not providing the same benefit that an ossifactor has, right? You're not... Oh, no. Not even close with him. You're not bringing the same benefit that a bone shaper has, right? You know, you're not bringing that healing to the table. So why aren't you cheaper? You're not a force multiplier. You know, it's like Vakmorshin and the Soulmason. The Soulmace is 150, the Vakmorshin is 140. If you don't have those extra 20 points to bring the Soulmason, you're bringing Vakmorshin. Right. Right? Like, yeah. It's a two-caster who knows the full lore. Like, He's now a viable option. You said that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, they have their roles, they have their niche, and that's really cool. They're doing really well in the competitive space right now. The book's already been out for, like, six to eight weeks at this point. You know, we're yep. finally getting around to it. Yep. You know, we are seeing what people are taking so far, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's crematorians, it's immortus guard. There's some mixed arm stuff that's doing really well. So this, so it's really exciting to see that there's not one archetype that came out yeah. of the book at writing.
1: All right, man, awesome, great book. It was fun to go through this one. Moving on, my friend. It's scriptorium time. Indeed. Et
0: cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
1: So new releases in scriptorium. We have two things one is happy news it's blightslayer and this is gotrek's latest entry into the mortal realms he has a new partner in crime which is very cool disaffected yeah disaffected stormcast which is kind of interesting and looks great I know it's my next listen, because I've loved the previous three. They've all been really, really good, and and Gotrek is just such a great character. you got to love the guy. The other one is Pilgrims of Fire. This is a story about Sisters of Battle. looks like a really, really great story. This is something I would listen to, because I'm not going to read it. This is another disappointment with Black Library, again, for those of us. I've got a couple of friends who communicated to me that they could not find hard copies anywhere, like within half an hour of them going online they were sold out all the hard copies were and so they ended up going as i did with end of death to ebay and having to pay a premium for them because they wanted to read the dead tree books they are available ebook and audio if you want those but that's the other release and there you go So, go Trek and some Sisters of Battle. Brendan, how about you?
0: Not really anything new. In our time off, I saw the Super Mario movie. Oh, good. It was fine. Yeah. (laughs) Good nostalgia, you know. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. You know, it's not a terribly long movie. You know, it's got all your favorite Super Mario characters. Fun. Yeah, 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 it's it's fun. That's great. I finished listening to Valdor, Birth of the Imperium. Yes. Okay. I... Like, there were some parts about it that I felt were very interesting, right? You know, I think I talked about it last time, where they're interacting with the Thunder Warriors and the Thunder Warrior Primarchs, and I think that's super neat, and I certainly like to hear and see more about stuff like that. And I downloaded Nagash. It's, like, one of the A.J.S. Sigmar books Mm -hmm. that came out at the start of AOS. Okay. Where it's mostly following around, like, Arkan and Neferata and, you know, supplicants of Nagash as he's rebuilding himself after the Battle of the Broken Skies as he's, you know, in Stygix, you know, just kind of absent. So, I like so far, it's good. Great. You know,
1: doing that. Yeah. Well, for Dr. Death, that'd be a great book to listen to. You have a few. Wow. You've been on
0: vacation, so yeah. I'm sure, you know.
1: <laughs> I have just been reveling in my Dead Tree books. I finished the second Founding of the Clans book, The Visions of Rebirth. I finished the Arcs of Omen fourth book with the lion in it and it was very satisfying because there was a lot of redemption in there i definitely have changed my opinion about the lion based on this because this is not the same lionel l johnson as originally was in the stories and in the heresy so it's good i'm glad they've changed his story arc in the direction they have. I'm glad they've changed the Dark Angels story arc for the most part. They still have their secret thing. They're always going to have that because that's part of their shtick. But it's been really great to see how the fallen have been redeemed in a lot of ways and in Johnson's eyes, which mm. is really cool. So that's very fun. And then I finished End of the Death Part 1. Woo. And it was so good. So many... Like, what the heck moments like what what just happened like, no this isn't a heresy right <laughs> just wow just incredible things i was hoping would happen with a couple of the legions and a couple of the characters have happened there were some yeah it's just a great book and i'm very much looking forward to the next one to come out but i think one of the most rewarding pieces is that they have essentially expanded and I think in some ways changed our perception of what that final battle between the Emperor and Horus were. One of the most amazing things to me is the way they're portraying Horus. It's almost like he's in this dreamland, you know, he's completely delusional and that doesn't give anything away, but you're just going, wow, like he has (laughs) has no idea what's going on around him, right? He is so lost. It's very, very cool. So I think we're going to see an ending very different than what we've seen or perceived in the past. The other thing that I got from that book, Brendan, is traitor Primarchs are just losers. Like I think about it, like Mart- just big babies. Yeah, like Martarian. How many times has a loyalist Primarch beaten Martarian and just knocked him? You know, even as a demon, he's just yeah. like gone, right? Or Angron, he just gets his butt kicked, man. And you're thinking Angron, yeah. Lordless Primarch, Angron goes away. It's it just, like,
0: so cool. Because they're so single-minded. <laughs> yeah. you know, they've specialized in such a very singular thing mm. that if you do anything other than exactly that, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> seems ridiculous. Yeah, And, of course, you know,
1: this story has built in then the fact that they're always gonna come back because they're always demons, you know, yeah. they're gonna go to the warp, but sometime they're gonna be back. But they're gonna get their butt kicked yeah. again and that's great.
0: Eight weeks, eight <laughs> days, which we call nine weeks and a day in normal normal parlance. Yeah.
1: Those are all great reads and I've actually got more Dead Tree books on the way I started Land of Dreams which is the third clan founding book I have ordered and will be getting the Matthias Thuleman Trilogy so I want to reread that the Witch Hunter book from Old World and I have pre-ordered a book Cindy reads Wall Street Journal and she always shares with me articles and editorials and stuff from that and there was a book review called The Book of Charlie and you're going what the heck about
0: Charlie and the Chocolate Factory
1: no it's Ah. it's so interesting because there's a journalist who moved to Kansas And his next door neighbor ended up being a 109 year old man named Charlie. Oh Well, the life that this guy has lived, and just the little anecdotal pieces of the story, he was a doctor by trade, and one of the things in his early life is he wanted to travel around, so he and a friend would, like, jump on trains, right? Get kicked off half the time. But one of the anecdotal stories is that they couldn't get on the train, so they ended up riding the cowcatcher for, like, hundreds and hundreds of miles in the front of the engine. Oh, my God. It's like, what? And another one where he was doing a tonsillectomy from uh, you know a patient the patient was already sedated but he ended up getting up his little thing where they kind of use a hook to you know cut it with a wire cut the tonsil off is the mechanic sure so he didn't have any wire on his hook so we ended up taking a picture off the wall and he took some wire off the back of the picture oh my God. sterilized it and then used that but those are just two of the things it sounds like a fascinating story of a person who's lived such a rich life i mean he was born before there was radio and now he's using cell phones just think about that and it just seem like it'd be a fascinating story. Well,
0: and it's not even just cell phone. The things that we use as cell oh. phones today are more powerful computers. That, like, yeah, than a room full of computer used than to be. What they went to the moon with, right? right. You know, like, it's yeah,
1: it's really cool. But sounds like a fun and fascinating book. I'm sure there's a lot of wisdom and things you can learn from someone like that. You'd hope uh, so. After so long, I did finish listening to Legion. And just a quick heads up for anybody who listens to the emperor protects podcast we just recorded so i would think within the week or so you might want to check to see that Uh, a very different book very different than any of the other heresy books and we talk about why and how and that we still really enjoyed it and then of course i'm going to start a blight slayer i talked about doing that listening baseball has really been our main watch we haven't watched much time of year yep and then the second dune trailer came out whoa Ooh. I've not watched it yet, but yeah. Amazing. It's going to be very, very good. Looking forward to that in the fall coming out. I think it's November. Somebody said that it was going to be here. So, And then I'm hoping you're still around so we can go to Oppenheimer. Yep. But I don't think that's coming out to like July or something. So we'll have to see uh, what that is. But yeah, very, very cool. That's it. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to this or that. What's the deal, bud? All right. I'm going to have you start. Okay. Uh, My first question is, these three Sigmar questions. Okay. If you were going to take a list to a competitive event, one-on-one, not a team event, would you take OBR or Soulblight, having looked at both books now? What do you think is more competitive from your perspective?
0: I think they're on roughly equal competitive footing Mm. in in singles events. I think both of them have some very good lists. I'd probably go Bone Reapers just because I like the army a little bit better, but I think they're very, very close to each other. Okay excellent
1: so do you take the carrion or the shrieker if you had to make a choice between the two I mean it's 40 or 50 points yeah, but
0: probably the carrion it allows you better board control you basically just mm. set it on an objective and you go you have to send something over here you know to most armies right most armies have one and one and two win things right if you're playing ogres it doesn't do anything for you <laughs> right but also if you're playing ogres like I don't know that the shrieker helps you a ton other than shutting off the inspiring presence right okay sure. you still have to kill enough ogres to make it Right. Meaningful.
1: Yeah. You have to kill four of the six or something like that. Right. right. Okay. Now this one, maybe it's a... I'm sure this is Dan just not knowing the rules or something, but okay. this may be an obvious choice. And I'm not talking about the points. I'm talking about the effect it has on your army
0: to be successful. Okay. Nagash or Teclas? Techless, Only because of where the points sit. Okay. So Teclas is a 200 plus points cheaper. Yes. Teclus hands out a bigger five up ward, which can be made unbindable. Right. Chances are you're not gonna do that necessarily, but even if you make it so that it casts on a 12, like might mm. as well be ununbindable. Mm. Right, you have that same area of effect, you have more outgoing damage, you have access to another set of spells, right, that are quite frankly nuts in many cases. I think you have a larger force multiplier on Teclas. I think while Nagash has improved, I think he's probably still too many points.
1: Okay, fair enough. I
0: have a travel question. Okay.
1: So, is going to travel, let's say, out west somewhere. He's going to go to one of two national parks, but he has to choose which one he oh, goes to. okay. He goes to Yellowstone or he goes to Yosemite?
0: Hmm... That's a tough one. I'll probably go Yellowstone, but I don't know. Okay. Like, that is a tough one. I was hoping you'd be like the Grand Canyon, like, (laughs) already been, Tan. I was there when it snowed. It was really cool. Okay. And then I have a sports question, and
1: this one isn't so much a commentary on the thing I'm going to talk about itself because I'm sure we both have very strong opinions about it, but the transfer portal and okay. how it's come into college sports. Which sport do you think has been or is going to be affected more by it from a negative perspective? Because again, we can argue whether it's positive or negative, whatever you want to do, but which do you think is going to have a more negative effect on college football or college basketball?
0: For those of you that aren't aware, the transfer portal is a method for players making it known to other teams that they would like to potentially play somewhere else mm-hmm. you are allowed one transfer during your playing career for mm-hmm. free with no penalty and you can transfer really for any reason it's mostly to let people transfer like it when coaching changes happen or if something has occurred where you know you want to be closer to home or this isn't kind of what you thought it was gonna be basically a one-time pass so which sport do you think is oh. affected more negatively
1: by the transfer
0: portal it's probably basketball basketball, because of the fewer number of players, Mm -hmm. is more directly impacted by the addition or the loss of a player. And if you have a player who is incentivized by money, they don't feel that they're getting their value at the present institution that they're at. Mm -hmm. They go on the portal and they're going to find a team that is going to get them what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. That's especially meaningful if you have a player who's maybe not quite At the NBA level, because obviously that's where you're going to make the most. Right, of course. If you are in a first-round draft pick. If you're a second-round draft pick, then you can make comparable money in college to what you're making in the pros, which is pretty easy. So I think it's basketball. I don't know that it's ever really going to have a huge negative impact on football, just mm-hmm. because of how enormous
1: these teams are. When you talk about the number of
0: players, yeah, you, cumulatively, you're yeah. are talking about rosters that are a hundred dudes. Mm-hmm. You, know, you go to like seven on some of these depth charts. Right? Like, yeah, sure, of course. Um, it's a long way of saying basketball.
1: Okay. All right. that's my five. Okay.
0: I also have three Age of Sigmar questions. Okay. Dan, if you were going to start a Bone Reaper's Army, I think I know the answer. What sub-faction would you be building around? Stalyarch.
1: Okay. Because I would do a murder pony list.
0: A horde of murder ponies. Yeah,
1: and just... (laughs) A
0: fleet of murder ponies. Yeah,
1: and make it so that it was effective and could use the things we've talked about to the maximum effect. It might pull back a little bit on that huge number of ponies I'd want, but I think still there's a lot of options and great things you can do
0: there's some really cool conversion things you could do as well right oh, yeah. you know so if you're looking to just stay mounted only right you can take Arcan, right you know he's mm-hmm. got mounts. mount he's not keyword locked you could take a soul mason mm-hmm. right? instead of just giving him a chair like you could put him on oh it would be something. really cool yep yeah like, you'd have to get him based on a 40 but you know yeah you could do something like that or
1: put his throne on a horse i mean i thought about yeah. it. you're right or get an horse. oversized
0: horse from somewhere else and put him on that it'd be kind of cool Immortus Guard or Stalkers, right? 200 versus 220 mm-hmm. points, defense versus offense. Mm-hmm.
1: I think the offensive piece is really good considering the damage output potential if they're buffed right, and you have a lot of ways to do that in this army.
0: Yeah, just a little bit. Now, they're not quite the same amount of points, but they're close. Okay. Would you rather have Nagash or Arcan oh, and Catacross? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a tough question for me to answer because I have such a strong
0: right. So obviously Nagash is nine sixty five, Catacross mm-hmm. is four forty, and Arcan is three seventy. So yeah. you're eight, still a couple eight ten versus nine sixty five.
1: Yeah, hundred fifty point difference. You're,
0: and you're missing out, you know, on five casting attempts. If I'm talking
1: about being like highly competitive, which I'm not, I mean, but if I want to go four and one or something at a tournament, I would definitely take the two smaller units. Okay. Because I think additively they're just so much better at buffing an, a Bone Reapers. True, sure. the Gash is great. He can do a lot of things, but having played him in an event, you know, he still has his limitations. And you've talked about this because they are designed to be bone reapers
0: heroes heroes right so i think they'd be much more valuable for the points okay you guys were talking about the front of the show some large ships that you guys saw oh Um, that got me thinking about ships and i thought about places that have ships (laughs) for you know your next vacation hopefully it's sooner than 20 years from now yeah of course would you rather go (laughs) to norway Mm. or the caribbean both places famously of having large ships that travel yeah. to them.
1: Yes, yeah, so city mouth the answer to me, and I agree hundred percent. We've both been to the Caribbean. It's nice. It's cool. The water's beautiful. You know, you see sea animals, lovely. But I think Norway would be much more fascinating. I think there's a lot more going on there. And as a country, I think it'd be wonderful to discover what Norway's about. I think trolls. there's trolls. Uh, trolls. Yeah. <laughs> just and Vikings. You know. But I think there's just a lot there culturally that would be interesting i think there are a lot of isolated towns where there's still a lot going on when you see maps and you see places to travel in norway that are kind of out of the way that would be very fascinating just to drive to yeah Um, so i think norway for both of us would be definitely the choice okay yeah and then my last
0: question what video game would you like to see a movie made of starcraft Star- right would you like to see a StarCraft movie? I would love to see a StarCraft okay. movie.
1: Kerrigan and Rainer and all the... Yeah, it, there's no question. And just watching the cinematics for those games, especially in StarCraft two.
0: Yeah, some of those cutscenes are, are just
1: fantastic. They are
0: movie quality. Yeah,
1: just the, one, the beginning one in Kerrigan's game. You're going, oh my God, it looks like a Hollywood movie. Yeah. So high quality. So yeah, definitely it would be StarCraft.
0: Okay. Yep. Those are my five. All right, bud. There is something going on around here. Something you may not even know about.
1: Show close time. And do we have Sunday announcements? Because it is Sunday, to your point.
0: We do have Sunday announcements. And the Sunday announcements is everything Seraphon is going up for pre-order on Saturday.
1: Oh, great. Okay, books, everything. So the whole kit. all
0: all the kits, all of it, everything.
1: I'll have my book in time for our review.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It looks like. It'll take a minute, but yeah.
1: (laughs) Even if it takes three weeks, it'll be okay. All right, cool.
0: So, Seraphon, it is. Q&A. So, I have... It's not so much a question as it is our first listener complaint. So, Dave asks, complains, How dare Dan pick Chinese food over waffles? Those waffles were made with love. So, so Dan, would would you like to respond to the allegations?
1: (laughs) No, No, none at all. I'm still down with that, and I still really appreciate all the hard work that was put in. I saw it happening, literally. I didn't see the Chinese food being cooked. I did see the waffles being cooked, and in fairness... I'm sure they tasted great, and again, such a lot of labor of love put into that. However, Mr. Dave, if I had to make the choice, I would continue to make the choice for Chinese. Okay. That's great. I have no Q&A this time. Okay. Nothing there. Episode 123 is going to be vampires. There's no question about it. Soulblight lords are on the docket. The question is when, because, Brendan, you and I have a lot going on. And we just need to find the time. I have a lot
0: of traveling. Yeah. uh,
1: Right? You know, going on. You're going to be going to something Memorial Day. You got something else. You got your tournament. And after that, we've got. You guys are traveling. Yeah. So we'll try to find a place, listeners, because this episode is going to be posted in early June. We're going to try to stick to close to the two weeks. Might be a little bit outside that. But early June for Bone Reapers. And then. Vampers will try somewhere between mid to late June we're for that. Try. Yeah, we're,
0: we're we'll really, see. We're really gonna try. Oh, yeah. it's gonna be tough. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah,
1: just letting you know ahead of time that it may be, you know, outside that two week window. Probably, almost certainly, it will be. But we're definitely doing Vampers, and then after that, probably gonna Seraphon. do Seraphon. Yeah.
0: Are you going to meltdown? I am. Okay. Yeah,
1: definitely. Got signed up. I got my hotel, all that stuff going. on. Are you? Don't know. Okay. You're yeah. Not, yeah. Obviously, you got I'm, a lot a of maybe. personal stuff going on. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely going. I just have to throw out my list, and after conversations today, there might be some significant changes.
0: It also might be after we get another handbook. So, correct. Okay,
1: cool. So that's it for episode 122. Yeah. Brendan, thank you, man. Thank you. It was great catching up before. We haven't, listeners, we haven't yeah, we spent an seen hour each other talking. for it, ever. Weeks. And there's been a lot going on in both our yeah, it's very, lives. Yeah, so. it's very unusual
0: to not see Dan <laughs> and,
1: and hang gosh, out. Yeah, it's every been a while. couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> <like it. laughs> yeah. Craziness. Thanks, buddy. And thanks, listeners, as always. We love having you along and love that you enjoy the show. We'll keep trying to put out crazy content. And other than that, you all take care, stay safe, and don't forget shenanigans because life is better when you are up to something. Bye. This is the end.